Hey, CM Crime listeners. This week's episode is different than usual for a few reasons. The first reason is we had a guest on the show whose sister was murdered in 1978, and our guest, Jerry Hood, has spent decades trying to get justice for her sister. The second thing that's unusual about this show is it's almost completely unedited. We have removed a couple of names of people who we didn't want their names to be given out publicly, but other than that, it's pretty much the raw conversation. And the third thing that's a little bit different is that we had an interesting conversation before we even got started with the formal recording, but we did capture that. So we're going to lead off today's show with sort of an outtake from that initial conversation, and then we will, after that outtake is over, kick it off with our usual intro and drinks. I hope you enjoy the show. When somebody <clears throat> murders somebody, you you don't give up. Like, I, and that's been my thing, is I have, don't give up my life for the no. dirtbags that took my sister. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have to live. And yeah. that's my philosophy. That's been my philosophy. And not to say that sometimes, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to, it's frustrating and it's hard sometimes to yeah. um, deal with some of the BS that has come along with her investigation. And, and on anniversary dates, sometimes it's very sad and you cry mm-hmm. and um, things hit you. But... Mm. You know, I'm, I'm over like most of the crying, and I'm, yeah. now I'm just like the determined. I'm yeah. pissed off. Stages I'm, of grief. Dave right. talks about these. I'm pissed off, yeah. and I just want to get the answers. Yeah. You know. So. Mm-hmm. And I think every time somebody talks about it, it brings light to it again. Oh, I think like, absolutely. Every single because like no, I don't, can't tell you. I was telling people we were doing this case, and I know people from Bellingham. They're like, hmm, don't know, don't yeah, know. Exactly. Like, what? How do you not know? Exactly. Exactly. Like it's right there. The only or murder. Like the only, only murder in your town, right? So when the big billboard went up in Franklin, yeah, that was like an eye opener for like yeah. a lot of people. So. I grew up in Milford, and I think I've heard of the case, too. Yeah, yeah, I'd heard of it, but I didn't know much about it until this. Well, it all depends on, too, what you pay attention to, but now Mm -hmm. true crime is, like, it's been such a big thing, and now with all this genetic genealogy, and, Mm -hmm. you know, that's huge, you know. And all of these old cases getting solved all of a sudden is pretty interesting. I sent one to you this morning. Yes, you did, and I I responded to you. No, no, but I saw that on Facebook, Mm -hmm. you know. Because yeah, Facebook knows everything. <laughs> all those years. Well, you know, 70, oh, that, that a lot of the cases no, from the 70s are being sealed. Uh, exactly. Yeah. But, yeah. You know, and what I, what I responded to was, you know, they, they solved that with a vaginal swab, right? Yeah. Mm. You know what happened to Teresa's vaginal swab? So this was my very first, like, when I was first looking into things. So and, um, I asked, so I actually contacted, like, a Bellingham police officer. and said, hey, where, where are her... Um, Fragile swabs, and he said, "Well, I'll ask the state that one." And so I asked the state, "Oh, they were lost in a fire that became a flood at the old mortuary." And troopers specifically went there to look around. Yep, there was nothing to salvage. But did they try? You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. And I've been saying to my why, husband, "Why was it lost? Fireproof? Hmm. I mean, it evidence was, of a crime should they be They threw fireproof. it through rape kits into some old mortuary, right? And then there's, there's a fire, then the flood comes with putting out the fire. But then they walk amongst all of this, but they didn't... It, there's no reports, of yeah. course. No reports mm-hmm. of even a fire. And so what other cases, and even my sister's... Was my sister's case, you know, was the, were the swabs even there? Yeah. yeah. No reports. Yeah. So... But wouldn't they? Wouldn't you think they would treat it as a crime scene? 
Yeah, I, and you would, yeah. and reprocess you would think it that and any evidence gathered from a crime scene would be put in a secure location inside of fireproof boxes. But it sounds like from every question I'm asked that, that this state, maybe they do better now, they were not very careful with anything, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm reassured. Filming, right? No, I'm reassured that they use gloves now when they're handling Hello and welcome to Cocktails, Mocktails, and Crime. We're your hosts, Jill, Gracia, Dave, Don, and Steve. And today we're very excited because we're doing a bit of a special episode for us. Um, we're going to be covering the case of Teresa Corley and visiting us in the studio today is her sister, Jerry Hood. So welcome to the show, Jerry. Thank you. Good morning. Thank you. So Gracia, um, do you want to get into the drink of the week? Yes. Uh, Jerry had mentioned that her favorite was Bailey's, so I <laughs> immediately was like, let's just do some kind of coffee drink, because it's early in the morning, guys, so I love Bailey's and coffee when I'm on vacation. So I googled a Bailey's and coffee cocktail to make it a little funner than just Bailey's and coffee, and they had an iced vanilla latte on spruce eats, so it's just Bailey's, the vanilla vodka, and coffee. Nice and simple. All right. That's delicious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's quite good. And... Um, of course, the mocktail is just regular coffee, yeah, which, <laughs> which I drink all the time. Yeah, it's, it's quite delicious. Um, if you want, we'll post the recipe online. Well, <laughs> and to be fair, Alex made that pot for you. So and that, that and yes, yeah, he so. did a very good job. I thought Extra it was special. coffee. He, very funny. <laughs> all right, Dad. Do you want to get us started and go over what we're talking after, after about today? After that cheery thing. Huh? After that cheery thing. Okay. All right. I'm sharing a nightmare with you this episode. It happened on a freezing cold winter's night in 1978 to a beautiful 19-year-old woman. Her name was Teresa Corley, and she so desperately just wanted to get home safely to those who loved her. I think so many of us had this nightmare in our sleep, I know I have, where we're desperately trying to get somewhere and keep being obstructed by some dark and evil forces, monsters even. This nightmare troubles our sleep until we wake up in a cold sweat. Thankful, it was just a dream. For Teresa, there was no waking up and it was no dream. It would end for her in a ditch alongside 495 North, exit 19 at the Bellingham Midway Town Line. When her body would be discovered four days after that, night, showing inconvertible evidence of assault and strangulation unto death. She was naked and what remained of her clothes were arranged around her body. From the state of the body, state police concluded that Miss Corley had been carried to the site by one or more individuals and not dragged. Preliminary cause of death has been stated as strangulation, possibly using a ligature. Let's back up a bit. So on the night of December the 4th, 1978, Teresa Corley attended a birthday party at the Train Stop Lounge, which was a local bar in Franklin, Mass. Back then, when Teresa got into a verbal confrontation with someone, possibly a boyfriend, and abruptly she decided to leave. Though she asked for a ride home, no one was willing to give her one, as they weren't ready to leave the party yet. So, on her own, on foot, and lightly clothed, 
Teresa went into the dark and freezing cold with her thumb out. Like, so, how far away was this? Like, because if you're saying she was lightly closed, like, was it like a long walk? Or, miles, you know I what I mean? Well, you know, she was going from work. They started in the park. I don't think she had any reason to believe she was going to be out in the cold. Yeah, okay. That's kind of you know, what I was wondering. You know, yeah. you, you know, when you go out and you just yeah. miss the light, and she had no reason to believe she was going to be out in the cold. Yeah. Okay. Is my thought. Yeah. Right. Okay. I know that for me, and I was a similar age to uh, Teresa, my primary mode no, of transportation. <laughs> my primary mode of transportation, I thumbed everywhere in Dad, those days. You said she was 19 in 1978. Were you 19 in 1978? I 19... was 17. No, you were not. Jill was born in 1976. <laughs> Are you correcting my math? Yes. <laughs> he, felt just, like, he felt like he was 19. Just like, yeah, maybe that's right. I've set the mood, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. No. You are older than Brad Storker, though. Ah. Uh, just so I can picture where this is, is the train stop downtown Franklin? Downtown Franklin, right yeah. next to the train. There used to be like a fabric store there or something like that, I think, um, in that general area. Well, it's it's Franklin Center, pretty much. Yeah. You know, yeah. there, there could have been anything kind of in it, but it's like right off their main street. Yeah, yeah Megan yeah. lives right on the train. My daughter yeah. lives right on the okay. train station. Like, yeah. It's in her backyard. Yeah. So okay, I'm thinking yeah. it's, yeah, so it's the bar that's like right behind her house if you right. just cross the it's track. It's kind of gone now. It's gone. Okay. Not kind of yeah. Is that where it's yeah. Dean's Colleges? Yeah, yeah it's yeah, on yeah. 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 yeah, I used to work interactions with in Franklin. It's a nice yeah. little town. Yeah. Jerry, I thought I read it was about five miles walk. If she was From walking. our home. Yes. Yeah, right, correct. Yeah, correct. From correct. And she was a walker, she would do that. Right. Oh, yeah. Well, okay. back then we all were walkers, right? right? But she expected to be able to hitchhike because that was a regular even in the 90s I used to hitchhike home from work no sometimes. but she, she always you know so that's like nothing's gonna hurt me we're from the city I'm a city girl and you know and this is Bellingham you know it's like that whole mentality of what's gonna happen to me in Bellingham right. you know, even though my mother would talk to don't do that blah blah mm. but I guess all in all the hitchhiking wasn't the issue that right, night right, right, way. Right. Yeah. you know I don't in my mind I'm wondering if she was hitchhiking or if they these People just saw opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. And speaking of those those people, uh, somewhere in downtown Franklin, a group of men who were at the train stop followed Teresa. State police would say that this group of men gave Teresa a ride to the Franklin Presidential Arms apartment complex and that there she was sexually assaulted. By some means, they got her into the car and drove her to the Presidential Arms on West Central Street in Franklin, Mass., so they weren't like at the party. So they were actually at the bar. Okay. These guys were at the bar. And okay. So if it was just circumstance, they were leaving. Just. Did I hear one of them was insulted by her or vice versa? So this is a totally like a different guy. So like oh, with okay. every yeah. So okay. every so case, many of, so many suspects yeah. get brought forward. Okay. So when she arrived, Teresa discovered that there were only mostly guys there, right? not what she expected. According to one of the guys, she wanted to leave right away. And this was told to Jerry, her sister, at a later time. Of course, no one responded to her request. Obviously, they had something else in mind. Subsequently, she was sexually assaulted by one, if not three, maybe four men. Once in the apartment, it was reported that one of the men had actually been asked to leave before the assault 
as he was deemed too out of control based on the obscene things that he kept saying he wanted to do Ugh. to Teresa. I know it's a nightmare. It is. Gross. I can't even imagine, imagine what she must have. Now, and, he, yeah. and he was actually the original one that wanted to pick her up to have sex with her. Oh, was he? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, he was He was one of the four in the vehicle. Can you name him? Um, if you don't yeah. want to, don't do it. You know, his name is Michael Bruce. And, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's fact. <laughs> yeah, it's written somewhere. He wanted yeah. to pick her up. So imagine these monsters who were planning rape. I just can't. Found another one of their own kind worse than themselves. It's got the devil's irony in that for sure. Yeah, yeah. it sure does. Yeah, toss him out of the apartment because of what he said he wanted to do. Yeah, yeah. good God. Yeah. yeah. So <clears throat> Teresa's sister, Jerry Howd, reported that a policeman suggested much later... Uh, that Teresa was held down and forcefully assaulted. I remember you telling me that, that Yeah, that was our very first meeting with the state police. Um, and the, imagine yeah. oh, now, my goodness. The, the nightmare is just beginning. No, no, so the trooper got pissed at us because we kept asking questions. Right, he tell said, that story. Well, yeah. What do you want to hear, Jerry? What do you want to hear? That she was held down by two men while the third one didn't finish? That's is that what said. you want to hear? Oh, my God. And then that's he pretty left sad. the room. Someone said that to you? Yeah, but that's, you know, but the worst of it is, is that that statement... Um, then evolved into like a new ADA coming on board and a new state trooper and that evolved into well Jerry it's what we would now call a date rape <gasps> oh no wait what? no Jerry wait there's more um, so fat, you know fast forward now to the newest ADA Jerry yep the semen was was on her her clothing um, from one of the guys yeah and, and it matched the DNA matched however um, ejaculation does not equal penetration oh my god so that's from what being held fuck? down. Ejaculation doesn't equal penetration, but they're in their mindset now. You know, I have a good trooper. The, the guy's a decent guy. He's a decent guy. But what they're not doing right now is telling us where the case went wrong, where it went bad. Um, there is still hope. So the, even our last conversation with her was, well, let's kind of forget about all that. We have to move forward with what we have. They're protecting the blue line. Yeah. yeah. Don't look at what went wrong. But for my family, it's what went wrong is that why is foremost in their mind. So anyway. Wow. Sorry to interject. Oh, no, no. No, you <laughs> no. interject. We yeah. want to hear from you. Oh, okay. These people. You have to talk over no, no, no interjecting no. from you people. <laughs> no. Well, we like to ask questions, but Dad, I think Steve had a question, no, too. No, you know, he was not going to sing around. What, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> I'm done sabotaging you. So Did you have free. a question? No, um, back to the, the, the group of guys. I was wondering, is that, were, was it a fact that they actually did this tour and were they convicted and all that? Oh, God, no. no? So, so what happened was, is the statute of limitations on rape ran out to Massachusetts, oh. right? Oh, my God. And yeah, so they were never charged with anything. They were, That's of course, right. always suspected. Um, they gave statements. So, so the further insult to injury was when I was talking to one day ADA and I said, well, what happens if, if it comes back at day, as this David Cohn, I'm going to say his name, um, what happens if it comes back as his DNA? No, Jerry, wait, we have, we have their statements from 78, 84, and 93. We can still do something with those statements. Fast forward again to a new ADA. Ejaculation does not mean penetration. Um, and then I said, because you know, the statute ran out, however, this guy David left the state probably as early as 1982. So he fled the state, fled, and um, 
he doesn't even know, I think, at this point, unless he's looked it up, that his DNA is a match. Thank and he God. refused for years on end to give a, to give a sample. Mm. You know, the sample that was found beside my sister's body on a pair of jeans, on male jeans. That, so, yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, so I can't even believe I heard this right, so I have to check it. So you're saying they have a semen match with someone, so they know that he did it, yes. but they can't do anything because the statute of limitations <clears throat> is up. Yes. Yeah, that's insane. We need more proof. More proof. And of course, it's date rape. My it's mind is rape. blown. Yeah. My it's mind is blown. Actively being rape. blown rape, right date now. Date rape, it's the same thing, right? It should well, be. Well, wouldn't you think the girl's yeah. drunk? You know, and I've asked like right from the beginning for the autopsy report, and um, I was told I could have one. Uh, that was my very first meeting. And then um, I would have to get it myself. So I did go to the state medical, you know, the medical examiner's office. Sorry, we don't we didn't archive those until 19, after 1983. You have to go back to your, the DA. So I went back to the DA, um, heard nothing from them, and I got a letter in the mail, say, a legal letter saying why I couldn't have the autopsy report. And they reference, of course, other cases. They, they, they deal with you with a lot of um, legal jargon that yeah. I have no clue. But the case I looked up was LeBlanc versus the state of Massachusetts, and it was about a botched autopsy. So, so and, and as for the reason, and, the, and the, that family sued for whatever reason, so the state has never explained to me really why I can't have the autopsy report other than it's part of an ongoing murder investigation. Have you ever actually had a lawyer take a look at the letter that they sent you and possibly respond to it? Um, no. No. I mean, I I have, like, asked lawyers, but a lot of lawyers don't want to touch this kind of case because, yeah. you know, I yeah. have contact. What, well, what do you hope to get? How about, like, wrongful death? How about something? Yeah, but what are you going to get for wrong, wrongful death? I'll have their names out there. And then one lawyer said, mm -hmm. put their names out there. Just put them out there. So Rather than spend all that lawyer money. Right. You know, I don't want you. It's not like I want money. I, I want no, these I people don't. to pay. Yeah, I mean, but you have to spend this money. It's the money. It. Yeah, right. So It's also that none of them are even held accountable in any way, shape, or form. Like, they're, none no, of them are no. labeled this. They're yeah. just going you know about what? their lives. And, like, so June 1st was Teresa's birthday. My sidekick and I, my husband, went to um, one of the guys' <laughs> houses. All right. And so... I have sent him cards. I admitted on her birthday at Christmas, mm -hmm. and Christmas time I sent a car card saying I really would like the answers to what happened to her, and I sent one of my stickers to them. And um, when we showed up in person, uh, I said, hi, I'm Jerry. He was all very cordial, and he, his name is Steve Frechette. He was sitting in a wheelchair, and <laughs> I'm thinking justice is being served. Yeah. This guy yeah. is like 60-something. He looks like he has diabetes. He... You know, he looks like a rough end of a road, let's say. Yeah, there is karma. Well, God, exactly. God is all-powerful. So, but know. during the course of our conversation, I said, it's Teresa's birthday. I just need to see your face, to see, you know, to yeah. see the evil that touched my sister that, that led to her being on the side of the highway. Uh, and his wife was there. She was actually a very nice woman. Kind of on the, like, more, oh, simple, you know, simple yeah. side. Like, he told me everything. And it's like, did he really, though? And then, yeah. um, so he said. Oh, my God. Wait a minute. Wow. This is fucking went me up big time. <laughs> no. So he told me everything. He no told way. her everything, and she marries him? And, and she married him. Anyway? No, but he was the butt. He was the victim. Let's oh. see. He was. So, well, let's <laughs> yeah. pull it back. So, But now he's actually the victim, right? Is In the course of our conversation. No. It, wow. This is craziness that it's like. Am I crazy or is he? 
So um, I said, but Steve, you know, you told, he told, he's the one that told me on the phone, he believed that this David Cohn raped her. He told me, she went into a room with David, um, and from the, from the beginning, she wanted to leave. But then she got into a room with David, I don't know how, uh, she was drunk. And then she came out of the room, David had a huge scratch on his face, and then she said, I'll have sex with all of you if you just let me go. Oh, gee. If you just let oh me go. Oh, my God. Holy and so shit. on the phone with him, I said, so at that point, you thought the girl was there willingly? She, he said, oh, no, I don't think she was there willingly. But I didn't touch her. I was too drunk. I don't even think I could have gotten it up. Oh, my God. So, no, so now he's talking to the family of the murder victim. Like, like yeah. I, you know, totally. Like, what the? I am sure drugs hurt his brain because they were all like these... Scumbag heroin addicts, you know. Yeah. Um, uh. You know, and so at the end of the phone conversation, I'm sorry for your problem. Oh my I said, god. No, it's because David's dead. My brother's dead, and I said, David's not dead. You you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm thinking, as a decent human being, if you're really believing this man raped my sister, go to the police. But you know, his statement has changed so many times. That what are you gonna do? You know, I don't. Yeah. I don't know what the prosecutors think of all this. Wow. You know, business. I just know what I've I've been told. But then when I saw him in person, and again he said, "Well, your sister was drunk. Why was she like? Why did she get so drunk?" I said, oh, "Are Jesus you Christ. serious?" That is yeah. a ridiculous question. And mo- most me. You know what? Most decent men would have driven. Like we're, my husband and I were talking in the car on the way home. I, I said, "Are you kidding me?" I said. Could you ever think, like, decent person would have drove the girl home, would have made sure she got home, would have made sure she didn't get touched. Yeah. And And then he said, but, you know, I went to parties after that, and people beat me up. (laughs) It's like... So he was the victim. He was the victim. So I assume that Steve Frechette has been drunk in his life and would have been totally fine with it if some man had raped him then. Based oh, yeah, on that right, right, right. Or high on heroin, right? Yeah. I got but it. you know what? God is getting him at this yes. point in time. Sounds and like you know who I really feel bad for is his wife. Because she, yeah, she married this... Monster. This rapist. She married him. But... She seemed like she really did seem just like innocent. And all <sighs> I mean, my goodness, we're stuck. Well, she's yeah. told the warped sense of his reality. She's not told yeah. exactly. right, but but you know, think about it. Your loved one is accused of something. You see maybe a different side. You don't see the monster side, maybe. And how many people look like the case in Fifty Six? Yeah. People go on and live their lives. They have yeah. kids and grandkids. Thank you. Who wants to even David Cohn's family? Yeah, you know he has grandchildren now. Jesus, and you know, and they're they're very like holy, you know, they're yeah, churchgoers, they they're churchgoers, and all that. But I, yeah, did I? I sent like a text to like his oldest child. I said, can you just ask your dad to just call me and just you know, mm-hmm. let me get this out of my system in a way because yeah. I, are we? Is he ever going to be charged? I don't know, but. Mm. I'd like to do this while I'm alive, in a way, and mm. get it out yep. of my system. You know, you have a trait that your sister had. What? Matter of fact, I see two of them. One, you're courageous. I try. The other is you stick to it. Oh, I do. I Just don't... like she did that night. I'm she a was, She stuck to it. She kept trying to get home. Yeah, yeah. she did. Um, she yeah. did. She was she a did. tough lady in her own way. Yeah. Thank you. My mother would call me stubborn. But... <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. yeah. All right. All right.
aren't we all? <laughs> yeah. Well, before we go like too much further, I just want to make this. This fuels me with rage. And the same thing when Brock Turner, when that whole thing oh, exactly. happened. Exactly. I thought no, of him. Woman. I thought of him. Like, like it, it, I just yeah. like I just feel get so angry. A woman has a right to do whatever she wants exactly, and not expect to be raped for but that. This is 2021, you know? and this guy has that mentality. Yeah. Speech. I just like can't get like. Things would have been like, all right, I have to move on from him. And I, yeah. and I told, you know, and actually he said, you know what, the, um, we, we called the DA's office on you and they said we could charge you with harassment. And I said, you know, I said, go for it. But you know what? I talked to a lawyer. She's the one that told me to come here and talk to you, Yeah, you know, to see you in person, you know, and you opened the door. I said, I don't really feel I'm, I'm, I'm you know, it was a cordial, very cordial right. conversation because I wasn't going to let him get you know, get to me. you were arresting right. work or something, you, you know? No, I know, but, you know, I mean, I could, you know, and I have, I thought, showing up with a whole group of people and standing out in front of, in front of myself, oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. For Give sure. me a call yeah, right. when you're... Brock Turner, right? <laughs> if he yeah. did charge you with harassment... I'd get, his, get him into court, wouldn't yeah, yeah, he would have to wouldn't testify. I? Wouldn't I? Under oath. Wouldn't yeah. I? <laughs> yeah. I thought of it, yeah. <laughs> no, and actually... Um, when I was harassing David Cohn, I called him, um, I asked him, um, I just want to talk to you. And then he said, yep, I'll give you a call. And then he never did. And then I sent him an, a, like a, a note. I really want to talk to you. And then I got a letter from his lawyer saying, you need to cease and desist. You're harassing this man, blah, blah, blah. So I called the lawyer. I said, well, let me tell you what he did to my sister. What he, it's alleged that he did to my sister. And this was before the DNA. And she, I never heard from her again. <laughs> Good for you. She dropped him as a client. She's like, oh, I never heard from her again. I no longer represent you. Right. You're disgusting. So. And they, they Jerry, must I know. Have a, oh, I'm sorry. No, they must know that you have the DNA, right? Or that they're, the well, DNA has proven that they. Well, the DA's office, the ADA, yeah. The DNA. Yeah. Ma- and so this was the degraded DNA from 1978 that we've been waiting years and years and years to test. So even uh-huh. from 2015. We have this degraded DNA. We want to test it, and that's all great. And you know, what, what if it's Cohn? Well, we have their statements, and then the degraded DNA comes back as David Cohn. Sorry, there's nothing we can do with it. The um, one of the things we keep running into, Jerry, is is the use of date rape drugs. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So one of the questions I had for you right. is, is, did that ever come up? Because so, her behavior seemed to be. And I've seen somebody who's right. had a Mickey dropped on them. Right. My own daughter. Yeah. yeah. Happened to me. Right. So, uh. so I so back in when I was still, I think, in high school, you know, soon after she died, my mother had over her refrigerator. I thought it was the autopsy report. I don't know. And maybe you know, if I really looked at it, maybe it was just like the a lab report or whatever. Mm-hmm. And both my sister and Diane remember seeing on it quaaludes and eggs were in her system. So that's why I asked for the autopsy report to kind of confirm our memory. And they couldn't produce it, but they sent a letter, a legal letter. And, but they assure me they have the autopsy report. Um, and there were no eggs or quaaludes in the autopsy report. But the, the autopsy report did say death by ligature. So we, we've learned, though, that they don't often look for it unless they're asked the, to look yeah, for the it. Yeah, the date rape drug. Yeah, yeah. even 
So and then I, it disappears after what is it, Julie? It's a twenty-four, forty-eight hour kind of thing. Right. So, yeah. so I'm. So they're saying no. Is it something to protect the investigation? I don't know. Like, um, but it, it's a vivid memory of mine, and because I remember back in the day, eggs and quaaludes, and then I looked up how long does it take to digest eggs? Because I was trying to figure out when she was killed. Yeah. You know, the exact date, because that yeah. was up in the air, right? Mm -hmm. And. Um, I was told it was probably December 6th, you know, and she was, you know, dumped on the highway sometime after that. But, but they deny that, that, the, that what I read was accurate, but yet they won't show me the autopsy report. Yeah, one of the cases my, my daughter Jill worked on was the... Uh, it was all the drowning men in Boston. The drowning oh, men yeah. in Boston. And, yeah. and the, those drugs were a big part of that. Yeah. Right. And what they found was the original autopsies no mention, but when they actually looked, they, they found were there it, all yeah. the time. But you have so, to request it. Even today, you have to request yeah, it. Yeah, you have to request it. So it's quite possible. And, you know, we're reading through it and listening to your, some of your podcast, um, describing her behavior as other people described it. Uh, it just hit me. It's like, right. you know, this Because poor... you know what? The truth of matter, she didn't drink that much. Yeah. She really did not drink that much. I don't know. Yeah, like and you said, at the bar, did somebody slip it? I don't know. Mm -hmm. But um, she didn't drink much. And then when I did, con I've contacted like, anybody that was around her, I've tried that night. And when I contacted her boyfriend, mm -hmm. um, you know, he was not a nice man. And yeah, he would be my number one suspect. But, you know, he was an asshole. Yeah, they think it's funny. No, he was an asshole to yeah. me on the phone. Like, oh. I, like oh. verbally, like, listen, lady, when you start to open up, and like, he, he, like, was, it sounded like he was, I should have been brave enough to listen, but I hung up the phone on him. Mm. But I said, did she do quaaludes? Because he was actually a dealer. You know, oh and gosh. I don't think she realized the, uh, you know, the, what she was around. At least I hope she really didn't. Um, but he dealt, and he said no. She would smoke a little pot, but she never did, did hard drugs. So, Jill, I don't know if we want to tell her about your experience, or I mean, yeah. so I was out with my daughter Jill here um, some years back in a restaurant, and uh, we had a couple drinks together. Um, and my Jill went to the, the ladies' room. A few minutes later, the bar staff, wait staff, come over to me and goes, is that your daughter in the ladies' room? And we had to get her husband to uh, to bring her home. She was so out of it. Wow. She slept that whole night and yeah. the next day. Yeah, I slept for like a day It was very half. definitely yeah. one yeah. of those, because she didn't have enough to drink otherwise. Exactly. Yeah. But exactly. she was totally out of right. it. Right. So, you know, I thought about I thought about your sister and thought it's quite possible this poor young woman. Yeah. You know, they were they're planning to mess with her or whatever. They think it's funny or whatever. But No, but the but the the party started in an apartment prior to the train stop. Mm -hmm. And you know, and she was surrounded air quotes by all these people that loved her. Yes. But they all watched her walk out of that bar drunk. Which, right. mm -hmm. which I was told that wasn't like some her. friends. Huh? Well, some friends, they all, and you know what? And the funny, not the funny thing, but they're they've like all these years. I'm asking these questions. They've clammed up like they got nothing. They got nothing. I think they call that guilt. I was gonna yeah. say yeah. that's a guilt. Yeah, Personal exactly. accountability for yeah. yeah. Right, but but you know, is that a, is that a thing? Did somebody slip something into yeah. a drink at the house at the bar? And they're not coming forward. With and some of the guys in Joe's case only had one beer. Yeah. Like, yeah. and they were yeah. out of it. Yeah. Like, these are guys drugging. Yeah. 
big men. So it's and like they only had one beer, and they were incapacitated. But yeah. that so. have been a bartender, like any other bartender. Yeah. That's what we actually thought yeah. that was a bartender. Yeah. 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 That's what happened to me. I thought yeah. so. Well, yeah. I'll give these people can't prove it. time. Yeah. yeah. You can't. Yeah. yeah. Right. It's, it's too much after the fact. All right. So um, let me go on a little bit, because I think this is, a, this is important to me and you to, to present. Um, I want to take a, a break from the crime for a minute. We'll yeah. come back to it. But I want to talk about your sister. So, Jerry, uh, you helped me quite a bit in putting this portrait of Teresa together. So I want to talk about Teresa. She was bright, athletic, well-liked by her peers, and of course deeply loved by her family. Uh, she was a graduate of Bellingham High. Teresa was in many ways a typical teenager. She played sports, she was in the Spanish and drama club. She was an honor student and went on to pursue a post-high school education. As an index of her character, and this really struck me, Teresa worked to finance her college education and wanted to be a pediatrician. At the time of the crime, she was working at a local factory, and a number of young people from the area worked there as, as well. Jerry tells us that her friends, kids she used to babysit for, nieces and nephews, and other family members were consistent in saying that Teresa was a kind and easygoing person. Of all her siblings, she was the adventurous one, right? Mm -hmm. that, that, that's very apparent from the story. Uh, and just all around being the fun aunt to her nieces and, and uh, nephews and, and what have you. Uh, though she babysat for remembered her, her particular way with them, that she was a kind and gentle babysitter. Her work friends saw her as a hard worker, yet someone that loved to have fun. Bob Ward of Fox 25 News remembered Teresa as a co-worker in Star Market in uh, Franklin, Mass. Mm -hmm. I captured this particularly poignant quote from one of Bob's articles. Uh, it's a fleeting memory, he said, of a pretty girl full of life who shared a little greeting as she bounced down a supermarket aisle headed to whatever adventure awaited. I mean, that's a picture, right? That's Jerry, her sister, remembers her as a 1970s free spirit. <clears throat> Teresa loved Fleetwood Mac, Billy Joel, and Jerry has the most vivid memory of her singing along to Billy Joel's Only the Good Die Young. Jerry says that as my big sister, she was around me a lot. We bickered as sisters do, but when I needed her, she was always there. Now, didn't you tell me on the way here today you heard yeah, that song? Yeah, yeah, so when we pulled over on the highway, we... It's a, a good song. Yeah, it, yeah, good song. But you know, you, I see her sitting on the back porch, her eyes closed, sitting in the sun, singing, singing that song, and then, and then, wow, then that doesn't hit you in the face when she yeah. finally. But as we're pulling away from where the cross is on the highway, the song the came on. Yeah, yeah. So there are many times I just really feel she's around me. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's amazing how songs just take yeah. you back. Yeah. Right. Certain it things. is. Yeah. yeah. I have a quick question. Uh, is it just the two of you? Is there other brothers oh, and no, sisters? Oh, no, there were nine of us. Nine? Oh, my lord. Oh, so how does the family dynamic go, like, older? So Teresa was the eighth girl. Eighth. Um, no, sorry, seventh girl. I'm the eighth girl. And then there's brother. So all girls and a boy. Um, most of So the only ones still at home at the time were, were Teresa, John, and I. So okay. my brother John and I. So, uh, yeah, everybody else was off, married, doing their own thing, kind yeah. of. Wow. 
And you I was wondering what the sibling. aunt's comment. Yeah, yeah. last time, two, two sisters actually had a colon cancer. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. Get your colonoscopies. Yeah, my wife was Pro from tip. a big family. She's yeah. an RN. Yeah. Um, and she's lost, I think, four, four yeah. of her mm -hmm. siblings. Uh, cancer. Yeah. Or, or whatever. Okay, most of anyone that knew her was in total shock that she would become murdered. At the time of her murder, she was in school at Holliston Junior College in the medical assistant program. Her ultimate goal, as I said, was to be a pediatrician, and it is Jerry's belief that Teresa would have been very good with kids with medical or other needs. Money was an issue for the family, which is why she thought medical assisting would help her get to that goal of being a pediatrician. Right. Are you okay, Jerry? Oh, I'm fine. Okay. Oh, I was patting the dog. <laughs> <laughs> She's got Cooper over there, Dad. Well, with Sorry. nine kids, that's a, an expensive. No, and, and actually, <laughs> my, yeah, and, and my mother was a single parent. And oh. oh my goodness, your yeah, mother must be yeah. a saint. Oh. <laughs> She's like yeah. a superhero. God bless your yeah. mom. <laughs> my father died. But, oh. um, but no, my mother was. We were actually a welfare family, much to my mother's like embarrassment. Mm. And we grew up in the city, which is again why when we moved to the little town of Bellingham, nothing's going to happen to me. Yeah. There are cows in our backyard. Right? Yeah. And um, yeah, so yeah, money was an, was an issue, but she was still going to go on to college. I, what I year went did on you... to school and you know, you can do it, but. Yeah, what year did you move to Bellingham? It was probably 72. 72. We had bought the house. Yeah, my mother bought the house. You know, she was, she mm -hmm. got, as soon as the kids were old enough, she got to work, saved, and we got the house in Bellingham. By the way, just for the record, in 72, I was yeah. 50 years okay, old. Okay, Dad. <laughs> Slow your roll there. So the irony of that is she wanted to move us to a safer community. Safer community. Uh, yeah. yeah. And good. where were you living prior? Mattapan. Mattapan. <laughs> he giggles. He always laughs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but yeah. Mm. <laughs> I was like 10. Is that near Roxbury? Um, Mattapan, yeah, that's up yeah. Yeah. Boston. Yeah, that area. Dorchester, too. Yeah, Dorchester. yeah. I was mm. going to say closer to Dorchester, so, I think. Right. Yeah. I lived in Dorchester, too. Oh, yeah. you did? But, but Blue Hill Avenue, who, I guess if you go down there now, you get shot at. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Dangerous area. But back in the day, it was we were pretty much the only white family in okay. Mattapan. But it didn't feel that unsafe. Yeah. <laughs> Mm -hmm. We were the only Puerto Rican family. All right, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Go. <laughs> when my son was a baby, yeah. and we can edit this okay. out. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he asked me what we were. I told him we were Puerto Rican. So the, he actually uh, went to school. Yeah, and, yeah so, no, yeah. he raised us to believe we were Puerto Rican. Oh, yeah. that, that <laughs> is funny. No, when I was in kindergarten, this yeah. was actually the story. Our teacher asked us to ask our parents what our nationality was. <laughs> yes. So the next day when I came in and told her that I was Puerto Rican, yeah. uh, she ended up calling the house. <laughs> <laughs> To talk to the king of Siam, because that's how he used to sign our report cards. Yeah, yeah. Oh, funny. <laughs> something really wrong with yeah. me. <laughs> no, I think there's something probably really right. <laughs> so Teresa um, was very, very trusting of others. From This is from yeah. my research picking this up. Yeah. Probably never imagined someone could be so evil yeah. as those that had assaulted and, and murdered her that night. Imagine her horror. I can't. I can't I, imagine you know, you her put fear. In her shoes. Yeah. Right. Even You're that a young statement. Woman. That statement that she made, where she said, "I'll have sex with you if you just let me go." If you just yeah. let me go. Like desperation, that right? Hit 
right? No, oh. did she really say that? I didn't. I, this is what this is what he Steve said. Says. If that came out, like even if he thinks that came out, that's I don't. Horrible. But even I, if this is in his head, yeah, maybe yeah. we should let this girl go. Yeah, you know what I mean. But uh. hey, you know. Yeah, yeah, why didn't he let her out? I mean, exactly. these guys were freaking yeah. out. But in my head, I'm, I'm I'm thinking, oh my god, you don't even realize what a dirtbag you yeah. are. Yeah, you know and how know. unsafe do you have to feel to if, if she did make that statement? No, and how unsafe she must have felt so unsafe that she was like, please, I just don't want to die yeah. here tonight. No, but he he said that she realized it was just guys, and right as soon as she got in there, she wanted to leave. Uh, she wanted to leave, and they held her there. Geez. So she, you know, knew. so even for that, you don't get any charges. And they got away with it. Exactly. Yeah, I can't imagine. You know? So Sounds now, like now the majority of guys were from the, from Franklin, but the one guy, the David guy, was from Summers, New York. Mm-hmm. So maybe he didn't yeah, have the small Those town code. I don't know. Maybe. You know, it's a terrible thing to say, but they're probably lucky your dad had passed. Right? Yeah. Because I could imagine <clears> as a father. Well, you know what? The problem being is I like I can't share a lot with my brother because names have come out and my brother wants to go after the names that come out mm. and it's like as much as I tell him they're not worth it and, and he, she would not want you and yeah he, he probably knows them too right mm. he he knew um, he vaguely knew like a couple of the names that came forward he didn't know the guys from um, Frank I, I, uh, but pretty much everybody knew <clears throat> I'm sorry the one main character mm. in town so. All right, getting back to that night, Teresa's nightmare continued. Can you imagine this? It's like it just kept growing. So early in the wee hours of the morning after the assault, Teresa escaped the presidential arms, got out of the apartment wearing one of her shoes and another shoe belonging to one of the men. She was then seen by drivers on Route 140. Some said she was hitchhiking. Teresa was frantically struggling to get home. This is the thing that keeps hitting me. Never give up. Get home, right? That's it. Two garlic farms, truck drivers picked her up that morning. The first dropped her by the company gate. A second garlic farms truck driver making his morning deliveries spotted Teresa outside the company gate. He picked her up. The driver later told police he could smell alcohol on Teresa's breath. He said she was mad as fire, no shit. The driver told police, Teresa said she had been sexually assaulted. I know this is hard. The driver described Teresa as being incoherent at times. I think that's when I started to think about the, yeah. the uh, things about this, um, these drugs is, is I've known not only my daughter, but I've known uh, other family members who've had this happen to them, other female family, and they go in and out. Mm-hmm. You know, they kind of, they're coherent, they're fine, and then they're out, and then they're, and you go back and forth, which is what made me think of this. So the, these drivers were... Go ahead, Steve. So, so these drivers who are um, picking her up, they're, you know, they're guerrilla farms workers. So what, if they've noticed that she's drunk or incoherent or, you know, um, you said that she mentioned she was raped, why didn't they, like, take her to a hospital or something? Why not? Great question. That or is a fair place. Instead yeah. of, like, dropping her off. So it's one just... one was going into work. So he saw her a little further up the road, and he, they can't, in their trucks, they're not supposed to pick up right. riders, right? So he was going into work, wasn't in his truck, in a personal vehicle. And then another driver coming out took her into the truck. Um, his DNA was obtained, and finally, finally, though, recently his DNA was obtained. He's an old man. He's in his 80s. 
Um, and he, at the time, thought the best bet would be to drop her at the in the center at the Bellingham Police Station. Okay. However, his route was taking him up 140 in Milford, which right. would have gotten right past Milford Hospital. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, right past it. Yeah. And they re-interviewed him, and his biggest regret was that he didn't wasn't a little bit more diligent in getting her the help she needed. So, yeah. You know. So she was last outside. Oh, I'm sorry. Yep. The truck dropped Teresa off. She was last outside right. the Bellingham well, Police Station. We know station. Teresa didn't go inside the police department. Well, it sounds like she at that could time, not have. and even to today, right, young women would have been very reluctant uh, to report sexual assault or rape. They probably wouldn't have gotten a lot of support for the effort. I'm sorry, Jill. I cut you off. Yeah, you did. No, I was just saying. It sounds like she. Didn't go into the police station. You're right. Yeah, for whatever reason, and maybe you're I right. Maybe think she that's didn't the want. Reason. But if she told the truck driver, I mean, that maybe she, been yeah. Why wouldn't she tell the police? You don't get support. I mean, the yeah, police is a yeah. whole different story, yeah. and they turn it around on you. Oh, what did you do? Oh, you're. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I yeah. can smell yeah. alcohol oh. on your breath. Right, right, right. So and maybe it was the she 70s, was, yeah. right? It was the seventies, and I ha I've heard that before that. Back then, like, oh, free love and all of that, right? But if the, no, and, and boys will be boys back in the 70s. Yeah, I hate yeah. that statement. And yeah, let me let too. me just add, like, to my further family's insult is, I, as I said, I was trying to contact, like, oh, you know, retired police officer, any, anybody I could. So I did contact the old chief of police from Bellingham. He was living down in Westport with his son. And I said, do you recall the case? Oh, yeah, we thought it was those three boys from wherever. And, you know, so he really didn't mention names, three guys. One of them took off to Florida. So, like I said, multiple suspects. But he had known one of my sisters from town. And he really didn't say how he knew my sister. And I explained I wasn't that sister. I'm, you know, the younger sister, blah, blah. He goes, well, you know, those guys took her to that apartment, and they had their fun with her. Oh, good Lord. This is a police a police chief. Now in like, this was 2018, 19, they had their fun with her. Fun. And then they let her go. And so- No, but, they didn't let her go. So no. then, <laughs> after they had, and then after like at the end of the conversation, okay, he's a man, old man in his 80s. He said, how would you like to come down here and make an old man happy? <gasps> So you can't make this shit up. You can't make it up. And I'm saying, yeah, um, okay, I'm gonna let you go now. So how about how about you come down here and make an old man happy? Oh, fucking God. disgusting. This is, this is, is disgusting. fucking so I'm thinking <laughs> Were any of the, the suspects mentality, the mentality. related to any police officers? Potentially, We're going to yes. get to that, David. Yeah, I'm going to get into <laughs> um, that. I'm, I'm reading a book recently, and it is a similar story where the girl um, goes to a party, but she doesn't realize that it's going to be all boys. She's invited yeah. to this party. She's in high school, yeah. so she's like 16, 17. She doesn't yeah, think to fun. ask like, who else fun. is going. It's all boys when she gets there, and she thinks nothing of it. But they do gang rape her. And in the book, I'm thinking in my head, you know what? The first thing her mother says to her is, "Why did you go to a party with all boys?" Her yeah, mother right. in the book. Right. Oh my god. Like, are you forget right. the cops? Forget right. anybody else? Like, as soon as yeah. you just said that, it reminded me of that book. Yeah. Her mother said that to her. Right. Yeah. She's like, I didn't know, mom, and she was like, Yeah, but it's your fault for putting you in a situation like that. You're the only girl there. They're gonna what? She was gang raped. This yeah. is your daughter. I know. 
What? Everyone, everyone's always so quick to blame the victim, blame the girl, you know. Right. It's like, it's true. No, but Steve Frechette's a victim because he got beat up after. Oh, my wow. God. Wow. I went to high school with a Steve Frechette from Bellingham, so I wonder if they're related. Hmm. He's my age, though. Um, He's also from Bellingham. I think he was more from Franklin, but there, there is another Frechette family. And, yeah, because I went to the wrong house one day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it was him. He's probably like, what the fuck? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> he was a nice guy. Was cool, I don't know. Like, every time you say his name, I'm like, well, I wonder if he's related. Oh, my God. He's from Bellingham. Like, <laughs> I went to the wrong house one day. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> and he, he gets pissed at me. At the next reunion, I'm totally going to the house. Did, did you realize an hour into it or no I think the, the, the first name of the person was different and I I think I believe I called the the phone number first and the mm. woman said no I'm not related to like a Steve but I have a husband so and so and so but I went to the house anyway and looked and yeah. <laughs> just to make sure yeah wow okay so now it is sometime between 4 30 and 5 a.m. in the morning Teresa was last seen outside a nearby Dairy Queen, less than a mile from her North Main Street home. She's still, she was still trying to make it back home. And that's not far from the police station either. No, but the Dairy she, Queen's only, you can see it. Well, yeah, the old right. police station. Oh, the right? old police station. It's okay. gone now. The, the, the new one's somewhere else, but. Yeah. Okay, she's still trying to make it back home. Yep. <laughs> um, AKA Gracia, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I'm just trying to picture how far she got. Anybody got duct tape over there? Yeah, yeah. He, he doesn't want anyone to talk. I it's know. Amazing. Yeah. Dad, were you going to say something? Do you have anything I don't to know say? why I'm here. <laughs> I'm just trying to get a visual. When, when I wrote this, I didn't think interrupt here. <laughs> you should have. I know, I should have. Okay. Between 4.30 a.m. and 5 a.m. in the morning. Got it. That's what a.m. means. Keep Mm. going. She was last seen outside at Dairy Queen, less than a mile from her North Main home. She was trying to make it back home, but she never did. The monsters were still after her, apparently. When Teresa did not arrive on the 5th, her family was very concerned and panicked. Uh, This was very much unlike Teresa. Now, the pan- they notified the police, who initially didn't respond with any urgency, believing Teresa would return home very soon, and that was pretty common. Okay, yeah, but this is part of what needs to change in the world today, in my yeah. opinion, right. right? Is that when someone is reported missing, you always say the 24 to 48 hours. That's yeah. such bullshit, though. Right. That's when people right. die. Yeah, they know it, that. That's when you might have a chance to do something. Yeah. Right. So yeah, wait right. until that's over so there's right. no hope. Especially if it's your kid. I mean, you know when your kid's missing, when your kid's just out doing stuff, you know? Yeah. Even if it's less than 24 hours, if you're expecting your kid home or wherever and you know something's wrong, you're going to report it. Yeah. Yeah, And, and, you know, my mother, like, like, I'm sorry. My mother like that is that, you know, she gets up around 6 and gets ready for work and... She would always call. Teresa would call. If she didn't call my mother, because we were kind of a little protective. My mother always has to get up, go to work. She would have called an older sister, you know, and um, she didn't do that. So, and she was reliable. She, she was reliable. She would have come home if she, she Yeah. Could. Here's the other thing is even if, pardon me, honey. No. Even if a thousand times it's a false lead and no, this person's really not missing and they come home. Who cares for the one time that it actually is real? Yeah. It's worth the cops right. not harassing right. speeders. Right. Just go solve a problem. Right. 
I think I'm not making an excuse for the police department, but I think on the other side of this, is there so many of these, you know, runaways or, or no, people? No, but back in the day, it was Bellingham, 1978. Yeah. Right? Nothing's going to happen in Bellingham in 1978. She's fine. She's fine. Is it, was that there? No, but this is like, um, maybe that's why the 24 hours. She's well, just a teenager. Yeah, I feel like that's their standard. <laughs> I, I almost think it's logistical, though, too. And I'm not trying to make excuses no, no, no. for cops. Just... It's, it's that there's so many of these people who... You know, don't show up and when they should show up and then they show up five hours later all whatever. i'm saying is that that who does it fucking hurt for right. them to just investigate it first right. right so what so what if it if it wastes money or if it wastes effort and they come back five hours later then that's a great news yeah that's but, not the point i'm trying to make i know but, but that, that's all right but you know what the point you make that a point yeah you make a point if if within that time period she was still alive yeah somewhere. Yeah. They so could have back, saved her. So trace her steps. You yeah. Know, go back to her friends. Where would she have gone? Blah, blah. Right? Um, yeah. In Teresa, so many that's of a, that raises a question I have for you. Is between the last sighting, she's a half mile from home, mm -hmm. um, and when her body was found, that's a good period of time. Do you have right. any information about no, that so period of time? No, so that's like the, where was she? See, and this is one of the reasons that they should be investigating right away, too, right. is because the longer you wait, the less you're going to find people who might have seen right. something or recall right. seeing yep. something. You know, if I come to you today and say, hey, were you at the, did you see anybody at, you know, a convenience store walking around that might have lo looked odd, you might actually think of it if it was just a couple hours ago. Right. But if you wait a week... The person's probably not going to remember those things, and sometimes and those details are important. All over this nation and others, David, is that so many police departments will tell you the same thing: we right. we don't have enough staff to cover every missing person that gets reported. And so the issue, the root cause, is not. Do they, they have they enough don't staff to shit. do all these, like, sit on the side of the road yeah. and do, like, yes. speed yeah. traps just about for to say, hours. And Bellingham, I mean, 1978, how many other fucking people were missing? I, I, you know, I, like, I, give me a break. What's yeah. bullshit? What do you guys hey, have to do this let's morning? Let's go outside and settle this. <laughs> right. well, yeah. But, it's okay. my Flagman. We're like, to I don't think you're getting the point, but that's all right. No, I, I, okay. oh, I do. I get the point, but it's... I get the point. It's also, it's kind of like... You know, excuses more than reasons. Yeah. I get the point, some, and I think it's bullshit. Yeah, but I mean, it's family and friends, right? You know, from the, with I mean, her if we can spend all this money to, spend, you know, have resources to have, you know... Um, well, here's the solution you're talking about, is that... And, and we're hearing this now with, about police departments and we need the racial to. issues. Wait a minute. Um, so the solution is to have people who are maybe social workers or other people helping out the police department Correct. in and these that's areas. perfectly fine. That's but not pretending that there isn't... 
I'm just saying they should change their policy. There is a policy in place that says if someone is reported missing, there's a window, a 24 to 48 hour window where you wait for them to come back. And what I'm saying. Because of Bish, they have changed it. Only. I don't um, think so. They changed it in 2012 with the case we're going to do next week. Yeah. Okay. Um, So, but originally, though, there's four criteria in order to do that. That case was abolished after the 2012 we're going to do next week for Skylar Neese. Well, go ahead. What are the four criteria? It took them that long. Yeah, that's the part that kills you because Molly Bish, we all said it with the Molly Bish case. If she, if they would have just started investigating right away, mm-hmm. that girl wouldn't have been dead. She was 16 years old, right. and they waited almost 40 hours till they really kicked in the investigation. That guy was fucking across the country with Gracia. that kid. They were busy tromping all over the evidence. <laughs> yeah, they were like, hey, everybody, let's just hang out at the beach and not take any fucking evidence. Wow. Like. Yeah. I do think that they t- don't take runaway seriously enough. I tend to agree with Jill on this. That like, thank you. Let's just make it happen. Like these, these just are change your fucking it, policies. It, change your fucking yeah. policies. Okay, Gracia, there's nothing I can do about you, but you and you are grounded. <laughs> <laughs> but, so, I don't know if you can ground them either. You know, the other problem too is that, like in the Skylar Nice case. The police decide, well, she ran away. Even though the evidence clearly would have indicated otherwise. Yeah. They're just like, well, she must have run week. away, and that's what they're going to... Because gonna, isn't that easier? It's yes. easier, yeah. and it's like yeah. they make the assumption, yeah. and then they're like, well, that's the conclusion. Well, no, that's an assumption. And you know what? I hate to say it, but in this day and age, your DNA comes back as showing somebody... Isn't it easier that they're dead already? Mm-hmm. That the, the, the main suspect mm-hmm. is dead? Yeah. 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 Look at all the money that's spared. Yeah. You don't have to go to court. You don't have to, you know. So, unfortunately, for that period of time, we don't have We any, don't know where she was. We don't know anything. You know, so when she was last seen, she was clothed. Yes. Right? Um, and then the body shows up with a pair of male jeans that my mother, you know, did Teresa wear men's jeans? And, yeah, I think she did. And you, you, I don't my ever recall. My daughters are always wearing my clothes. No, but I don't. I don't ever recall her wearing my brother's jeans. You know, okay. so that that's the you know, and not that, you know, they have the jeans. Well, maybe she grabbed them though, because she was yeah, wearing throw them on. other shoes. Right. Yeah, or, or even right. if she was running out of that house, there were four yeah. boys. Maybe she just grabbed a pair. Like, I need to no, get but see, but yeah, she's in yeah. the she's at that presidential arm. So yeah. the, the biggest yeah. thing is who got her the second time. Right. Are we really thinking, which I think partially the state is thinking some random person came along? No. No. Um, I'm thinking they were frantic because I, when I've called people, they said, oh, so-and-so, Steve Frechette, showed up at our apartment looking for somebody. Mm-hmm. And then, But that's where it gets muddled. Like, what was that time frame, right? So Steve Frechette shows up at this apartment complex, Alpine Place, where Teresa's boyfriend lived, but also this woman Teresa knew. And he goes in. She said, She says in her first... Like when we first conversation, um, yeah, he had a scratch on his face, and that Teresa. Th- now this is what the woman said to me, because I, I write down everything people t- are telling me, that he had a scratch on his face, and he said Teresa did it when she was orgasming. Oh my gosh! Holy no, no. So this is what the woman said that this guy Steve said. But then when I followed up with her, like I don't know, if she just doesn't want to be involved now or what. She said, Yeah, I don't remember saying that. So it's like, yeah, I didn't make it up. You, yeah. you know, I, you know it's, it's, it's a hurtful thing to hear. Yeah. But this guy is now frantically looking for her at a place where he thinks she might have gone. 
Right. Yeah, I my, said, yeah. I'm sorry. No, that's okay. And I said, well, who would you, who else would he have been looking for? Well, there was another guy that lived there that he might have been looking for. So it was like a little apartment. Did he rape the when, other when guy that night? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. How many people did he rape in right. 10 weeks? Right. So, it's okay. It's only so when you consider opportunity and motive. Right. But it shows they were looking, right? These guys, in my mind, these guys were fearful of her talking. Talking. Yeah. And they they knew where she was going to be on the way home. Exactly. Right. And they well, got what, her. Yeah, this they, Michael might have, if the Michael that wanted to pick her up might have known we lived right on North Main Street, you right. know, because he knew her. And He's, they got know. her again, right. which is even a worse nightmare. I right. think. Can you imagine her face when they pulled I up? I think the high no, probability, no. the no. high probability is that's the scenario. One of those right. four, or all those four, whoever. Got in the car and went looking for him. Now I have a question about the the garage and the the ligature. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the ligature is. Mm -hmm. um, Do you know if any of those men had military background? Not that I not that I know of. Okay. Yeah, um, but I other suspects' names have come forward. And I, yeah, this guy was in the Navy, and I know he he went looking for her around that time. Yeah. So, but you know, you don't know. The. Uh, uh, how about the reason I raised that is that it takes a very special. Backgrounds. I'm sorry. What'd you say? State here? police with military backgrounds. I mean, you can open up a whole list of suspects. Who's on the road at 5:30 in the yeah. morning? Right. I'm thinking yes. of the garage. Right. But, I'm thinking of who would be trained with a garage. A garage is a very specialized. The weapon, police is right? an interesting uh, addition what, there. So what is the, a garage? The <laughs> No, it's, a, it's, it's a, like a stick, right? You take a stick and you'd make a with a rope and. Well. And that was what was done to John Benet Ramsey, right. right? Right. That's correct. But it it takes a very special kind of sickness to garrot somebody to death. Right. right? I'm an ex-martial artist right. Right, for many years. Yeah. Um, and I know that the likelihood is if somebody did that, they've been trained to do that. They know how right. to do that. Right. Um, now, I could be dead wrong. I'm guessing. I'm speculating. Well, so now this is another little interesting by and by. All right. I can't get any of the police reports. I have to file FOIA requests. I have to file um, um, appeals to the state, all that. Um, but yet, a reporter who's very close to the state police and, you know, has gotten, like, a lot of Teresa's story from them said he... Um, you know, he's seen some of the crime scene photos, but then he also said he recalls going to the funeral, and, or, you know, the, the wake, and and even in the picture, it looked like a belt might have been used. Oh, because okay. he see, saw like a square. Mm. You oh, know. God. In teaching rape defense to women in the um, 70s uh, in the Westboro area, garrot and defense against the garrot, like a belt. Yeah. Um, was one of the one of the things that we touched on. Right. So it and according to the FBI reports at that time, that was a common form of assault against women. Right. To use a belt. Right. Usually, guys would hide. You know, like in the back seat of a car, you get in your car and they yeah. watch it. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, oftentimes, in a lot of those cases, they didn't kill you, but they incapacitated right. you. This is a little different in that they killed her. Right. Uh, knowing her personality, I, I have no idea what went on in those days, you know, between uh, when she was discovered and last seen. Yes, uh, I, I think she fought like I don't know. Yeah, Sounds that's what I'm sure. thinking. She may have fought yeah. or may have indicated that, fuck you guys. Yeah. yeah. Right. So how long was she 
how long did they think she was dead when they found her? So that has been my burning question forever because you know your sister winds up dead on the side of the road. You kind of kind of like to know the date of death. Yeah. We always were saying December eighth, seventh or eighth. Mm -hmm. um, but we think it was probably earlier than that. It might have been as early as December sixth. Because they won't give the autopsy. You don't actually know, right? I don't know. Yeah. I was wondering yeah. the same question the yeah. whole time. Like right. when he keeps saying. The amount of time in between, I'm like, was she dead those days, or was somebody torturing right. her those no, days? So, but I think, Nobody knows. I think to reassure me, yeah, they gave me their best gate. You know, and what did they say that, that? That was probably the, around the sixth, sometime on mm -hmm. the sixth. Sixth, which would have been two days after. Well, that. she was so picked up on the morning of the fifth. Right. So I'm not, you know, time frame. So they had her a day. At least, yeah, okay. a day being held. So they had her a day, and then some two or more people transferred her body right. to that ditch off of 495 right. North. She wasn't dragged. She was, uh, she was carried. Yeah. I don't see that well, leaving her for another two days. I don't... So were there yeah. footprints? Like, this was, like, December, right? So snow or... Any? No snow. No snow. Um, it was rainy around that time. It was okay. actually rainy around that time. But um, the very first thing my mother was told was that Bellingham allowed the site to get trampled. Like, they allowed too many people yeah. in the area. Yeah, they were tromping um, all over the evidence again. Yeah, tromping. and it, it was always interesting to most people that she was placed just right before the entering Medway sign, but she was in Bellingham. Uh, I mean, it's a prime spot to pull mm -hmm. over in a way on the highway because uh, there's high tension wires. Mm -hmm. um, but she was like down in the gully. Yeah. So kind of not easily seen, maybe even by we, the. We have pictures of that. We will put them out. Yep. Of, yeah. of that area. Yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. North, northbound. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, heading north. Um, and I, I put some extra pictures in the actual. I area. saw that. Yeah. Saw I'll that. go through and pull them and okay. put them on the Facebook page. And but this. you know, there's just like you know, in the, in the whole, there's so many different like. Even like with, with I, what I've looked into, like so many puzzle pieces. So the first time, I had never really gone to that site until my husband and I went there when it was like 2016, maybe just to see the area. Oh, wow. Yeah, we kind of walked. And we didn't park on the highway. We walked through. But as we're walking through, there's a house right there. And there's a <coughs> path you. leading from that house right to the highway. And wow. like my stomach dropped. And I'm saying, did they even go and look at the people in that house? Because the path is going right to the highway. Mm -hmm. And after I mentioned something on my Facebook page, the path is now gone. Hmm. So it could just wow. be could just yeah. be coincidence. But then what I found out was the home, you know, was owned by a man that would take in kids from the state um, and work. It was a farm. They would work the farm. But um, it was also a diesel truck kind of repair place, that kind of thing. Yeah. But um, one of the town workers who, it, so this is another bizarre, like medium kind of thing. I, you know, I'd say, come on, give me a name, just give me a name, and then um, I dreamt a name. As, as weird as that sounds, I, mm. dreamt, I dreamt a guy's name, and I said, I've never heard of that name before, and I searched, and I find him, and I called mm. him, and I said, so this is going to sound really bizarre, but I dreamt your name, and this is what happened to my sister, and he said, oh my, oh my God, and I, I said, he, he said, um, he said he would meet with me because at the time I had a private investigator. We were going to go meet with him. And so we met with him. And the whole time he's like not looking at me, keeping his head down. But he told me that he would go into Chief Boucher's office, the Bellingham police chief, because he was a town worker. Mm -hmm. We'll go into the office and the chief would have the photos all over the desk. So <laughs> he'd, be, he'd see the photos and all that. 
And at one point, I don't know what his relationship was with like this main suspect at first, um, this Ronnie Moore, but he said one time he was wired by the town to to try to get Ronnie Moore's friend to talk. Oh. Um, so it's like, it's just, you know, the name came to me, but it turns out he knew the people in that house oh. and um, he lived on that street as well. Ronnie Moore? No, um, this, this was, his last gentleman. name was Cummings. That's all right. No, but um, he lived on Fire Street, but he knew the people in that house. Mm. But it's like, did they even go into, like, go check yeah, out that Yeah, did they even house? investigate it? I don't it think or? they ever even went to check out that house. And it's right behind where she right. was found. Paths leading to the area, you know? Yeah, even to, to know if they saw something, right. a truck or right. a car. Right. Or, yeah. yeah. But is it somebody that knew those people, right. that knew they had access, they wouldn't be seen on the highway, right? Right, right. So how does this work with the police? Is there somebody, like, assigned to the case who should have been asking those questions? No, so that's, like, my biggest question now is, like, in, back in 1978, who had jurisdiction, right? So the FBI was called in because she was found on a state highway. Uh, and around that time, too, was the New Bedford Highway murders. You know, there were women either, like oh. some of them were prostitutes. They were getting picked up in bars or wherever, wherever they were and being dumped on the side of, nine, you know, on 95. And they came to talk to my mother, the, the FBI did, but when they tried to link Teresa's case to that, my mother said, enough, I can't. You know, she didn't want my, want the public to think Teresa was a prostitute. No, walking the street, You know, and so, but there were a lot of bodies found along the side of the, the road. Mm-hmm. You know, probably still are there's, but, um... But, you know, I don't know who had jurisdiction. Could this so. be, could or if this, someone, I'm sorry, Steve, go ahead. Could this be a simple thing where there's, like, so much, um, like, whose jurisdiction is this and back and forth where people aren't really investigating it the right way because they think the other people are investigating right. it? And or is it, or is it a lot of ego back then, right? Yeah. So you have, back then yeah. it, you, you have the town and then you have the state police. And what, from what I was told... The town of Bellingham was having a lot of issues with the state police. They even came in at one point and ran the police station in town. I don't know what year that was, but there was a lot of issues. Um, and when I followed up with different police officers, you know, well, ask, ask, you didn't hear this from me, but ask, ask the state police why, if her swabs were put in between two plates of glass, sealed in a bag, why don't they have them? You know, so so it's like even now, like years later, you're fighting over who didn't do the right thing for the investigation. But those kind of comments make me think your theory before about was it a state cop that picked her up? Or was it, it a makes cop? Makes it huge to me, or any cop. No, but when because when I first you started, you protect your own in some. Right. They did. They do that. Right, but when I first started the page, people came forward. Um, you need to look at the cops. You need to look at who the cops were back then. Because yeah. who's out at 5.30 in the morning? And then you, it doesn't help when you have one of the town cops say to a young girl, I'm going to do to you what I did to that girl on the highway. Oh, so, you yeah. know, to like as a threat. So these are things that people told me that family, you know, this family member was told. Um, and then, you know, you have a police, a cop that gets fired soon after the murder for whatever reason, you know. So a lot of people have theories, but then it didn't help when I went to get the autopsy report and um, the town clerk said to me, you know, I started here in the 70s and I, I, I heard about your sister's case. And when I started to ask questions, I was told, 
the powers that be don't want this solved. Oh my wow. god. So you, See, you hear things like this. And so how right? do you not think conspiracy theory? Oh, yeah. Exactly. Right? How do you not? Jerry, right. who told uh, back this up? This is exhausting. Well, that was the town clerk right. at the time. Town Emotionally. Clerk. Okay. Yeah. So she had just moved to Bellingham herself. Right. Um you know, I forget what year she moved, but you know, she was hearing about the case. She said, "How come this isn't solved yet?" And because the powers that be so don't want. So let me ask you this: Why wouldn't they want it solved? Why wouldn't they? So, relative of a cop did it. Yeah. That would be yeah, my first. I was just thinking, like, are any yeah. of those kids back then have any relation to, to any of the police? Yeah, right. or or you know, actually, not even we're going to cover that right as we continue. <laughs> I'll shut up now. No, but you, know, you don't want to. You don't want to be a conspiracy theorist. But you know, if you're looking at everything at it from every angle, you know what I when I think about conspiracy, <laughs> it's like they made liberal a dirty word at one time, and now they do that in conspiracy. All conspiracy means two or more people decide to do something. Right. right? Yeah. So it could very well be a conspiracy. Right. It sure sounds right. like there was one right. here. Some conspiracy um, theories are proven true. MKUltra was proven true. true. Right. True. That's right. I'm going to talk about some of the stranger things that happened. Okay. Um, Everything Terrace. about this so far has been yeah, this, so it, wild. This is it's, a bizarre, it's bizarre. It is. It is an incredible story. And, uh, we're not done. And, you know, maybe that's partly because you have a family member trying to, like, solve, you know, like, trying to, like, get to the truth. It sounds and... like you're doing a better job of it. Okay. Yeah. So, it's but, on the but, very wow. day the police discovered Teresa's body and before the family was officially notified, an anonymous caller calls into the Bellingham Police Department on an inside line known only to residents. This caller identified himself as a John Burlington. <laughs> the caller claimed he was from Connecticut, that someone from Connecticut uh, and had found a body in a ditch while urinating on the side of 495. This is a bizarre. This is classy uh, police found this suspicious <laughs> thinking that someone from connecticut would not know that the location on i-495 uh, was in bellingham and he also called an inside line which was only known to local residents well it was more oh. known to just the police it, oh. it wasn't like yeah bellingham has a 966 this was not that number only known to the police that's a very important point wow i, I miss this is that what in. i was told i don't have the reports to back it up actually you know what uh, so <laughs> many things i ran into yeah. during the research to this were contradicted a and then b and then they contradict yeah. uh i'm not surprised to hear this yeah because they were trying to kind of say something like that, but they didn't say it. Right. Okay, thank you, Jerry. Wow. Also, later the same day, a Ronald Moore, since deceased? He's deceased, yeah. Uh, presented himself to the Bellingham Police Department, asking the dispatcher if the body found on 495 was Teresa Corley's. Police would later report that they believe John Burlington and Ronald Moore were the same person. Did you want to talk about that, Chair? So, yeah, so he was, we didn't know his name, like, or who. We knew about Ronnie Moore, we knew about him. Um, but I didn't realize that they had thought he was the John Burlington, but the timing of him going into the police station before the 
they were even dispatched to the scene. Did you know the dispatcher said that the voice on the phone sounded the same? That sounded yeah. the same. I think. And yeah, in the most recent, like I did, I just got this week a redacted um, report of Ronnie's first interview. When when was Ronnie's first interview? Was my question, um, because actually another podcaster asked, and I said, "Good question. I don't even know." But he said, "She said, Jerry, at the very least, he shows at the at the police station. Did they detain him? Did they go to his house? Did they question him?" I said, "Yeah, I don't know any of that, right?" And so fought to get appeal, you know, through appeals, and I finally got the report. But um, Ronnie denies making the phone call. And Ronnie denies, um, it, you know, it was very redacted, but he claimed he knew a guy that was a junkie and then everything else is redacted. Um, so, and then Ronnie said at you know, one of his statements, you're not gonna pin this murder on me. They didn't, they didn't redact that sentence, which I thought was yeah. really. <laughs> but, so it was a police report from April 6, 1989. It said myself and Trooper, it was Trooper John Brooks, met with Ronnie at the Fox Harbor Police um, Barracks, and it was on 11 o'clock at night. So they didn't, they didn't, it's not a signed report. It's nothing to say, I don't know who myself is in this report. I don't, I don't know who it is. But um, they, they're asking Ronnie. So my request, FOIA request was, when was Ronnie Moore's first interview? And the date on this was 1989. So did they wait 11 years <laughs> yeah. to interview him? Because then it looked like a synopsis of the 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th. So Ronnie recalling maybe the events of the 5th, 5th, 6th, 7th, and 8th, right? And all the time, this time he's denying that he had any involvement. And after 11 years, how much is how this really much... going to be true? Exactly, like... but it's not, the statement's not signed by anybody. Uh. Um, well, here's a catcher for you. So at the time that Ronald Moore is asking about Teresa Corley's body, the police had just arrived at the scene where the mm -hmm. body was found. Yeah. How the hell could he have known? How did he, how did he know? Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's... I tried to, like, give the benefit of the doubt, right? So it turned out that Ronnie Moore's ex... You know, I, I thought it was his mother. It wasn't. It was his ex-sister-in-law. Um, like, I made that change. Yeah, that's okay. It was his ex-sister-in-law. Um, married in 1980, one of the Bellingham police detectives. So I just didn't know if they had like, I don't know, did they have a scanner? Did you know? I'm trying to give benefit of the doubt how he might have had that information. But one of the things about benefit of the doubt is that I think <laughs> it requires that the person's being totally candid too. Yeah. And yeah. Um, so if the dispatcher thinks that the number that the same person was calling. You know, that, that's the voice, th that's, and that they called a number that the general public wouldn't have access right. to. You know, um, why didn't they even trace that though? Why didn't they did trace they, the call? I don't know. Did they have that back then? Um, they should have been able to pull woods. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, to, maybe not in Little Bellingham, but there was no nine one one. Yeah, yeah, no, but yeah. you. Um, so back in those days, you could still pull luds to see which number oh. called which number yeah. at a, at any given time, um, and the police would have had the ability to talk to the phone company so and David, say we need that. Sicken the plot for you, or should okay. I say, sicken the plot? <laughs> right. So, Moore walks out of the police station, David. Right? Yeah. Uh, without anyone stopping him. Later, when police searched his van, they found that the interior of the van had been stripped. 
stripped. You know about that? Yeah, I had heard that. What does that mean? Like they they the took all uh, everything inside. Everything out of it. it. Down in the guts. Why would he do that? No, but how does a crackhead think to do that? Yeah. Yep. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. He was a crackhead. In, in, in his statement that I read, he said he was done talking because he wanted to go buy some crack. So I'm not saying because well, so he was a heroin addict crackhead. Go. Yeah. Is he really gonna think? Oh, I should strip out my van. Yeah. Yeah. Craig, you look like you have a question. <laughs> no, not really. I don't want to interrupt. <laughs> no. Okay. But yeah, I mean, I have the same question in my head, right? It's like he's, he's really be... with it enough to think I'm gonna strip out the van and get rid of evidence. Well, there yeah. was more than one person involved, right? Because she was carried to the scene, right. so it had to be more than one. Right. 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 And. That poor woman. And then stripped um, it and burned it so there's no evidence. I mean. Yeah. So, I mean, the other question is, why else would you strip out your van? Like. Right. Unless you've got one extremely compelling reason to do it. Right. It wouldn't. No, I've been defending the police a bit here, so let me go the other way. <laughs> okay. God damn fools. I mean, somebody stripped their van. Well, did they use... know when he stripped his van? Well. <laughs> I'm not sure. So that that raises a good question too. I, I'm almost guessing it might have been years later. I don't know, and I don't know who stripped the van, right? Yeah. So, but I was contacted by a woman that said her parents bought Ronnie's van. Oh. But then the the state police came and took it from them. <gasps> wow. I don't know. You know, this is what the girl yeah. said. I went to high school with her. She said, you know, my my parents bought that mm-hmm. van. So you know, but then I don't know people's memories and right. how accurate things are. One of the problems I keep running into here is when the state police are involved, they go very mum. Um, they are working cases, but they go, you can't get any information right. out right. of them. We've right. had, I don't know how many of the cases we've yeah. covered where that's the case. And then the local police go, well, you got to ask the state police. Oh, yeah, that's uh, what they know, do. The, um, the ping pong game. A lot of pointing fingers. So I, uh, you and, know, I don't and, know the solution to that issue, but it is an issue. Because, I mean, how long do they sit on it? This Hard. is more than 40 years, right? Well, yeah. I don't understand why the family can't have that information. Right. Like, yeah. It isn't just the I, family. I, well, no, but that's what I'm saying, though, is why can't the family have all of the details about what happened right. to someone in and their you know, family? And even talking to you guys, I'm more or less saying kind of the information that's out there. Yeah. There are some things I know that I won't, you know, because right. I'm trying to protect that part of the case. But like that. I think I'm a pretty trustworthy person. I think I, you know, from from my mind to process, even just reading the foolish redacted, you know, information they gave me was almost a comfort because it was like, all right, I can see what mindset he was in. Yeah. And he said, I'd I'd like to go up there and talk to the family myself. He was in Florida. You know, so it's like he wanted to come talk to us Mm -hmm. to 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 um, dispel our fears. I don't know what fears he might have felt we had, but. Um, wow, yeah. You know, so... I can give you more information on this, Jerry. Um, in my research uh, uh, of this Moore character, uh, I, one of the things I found out was a lot of these rapists like that name, Ronald Moore. Really? And Came across some Ronald. There's, it's kind of like a common name. It's weird, too. huh? That yeah. This, that so many yeah. of these guys have that name, right. you know. But anyway, um, so moving on. As soon as I find where I left <laughs> off, 
So we know that, well, we don't know. Moore was the son of a prominent Bellingham businessman. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. Can we just He's... go back to the scene just for a minute again? Well, because you didn't you really flush that out. So you said that she was naked mm-hmm. and her clothes were placed around her. Were they like folded? No, I, I don't know they... if they were placed. Okay, so you yeah, don't know. I don't know, know where the word and came, it's not but all they were around. Clothes, they were there. They yeah. Were there. Like, but her, I think her shirt was missing, a yeah. black shirt. Okay. This this is kind of like a little interesting. So I know it was interesting to me, like, like, a, like oh. So a former Bellingham police person that I kind of, I didn't harass, I called him. <laughs> um, he, he, he gave me information. He gave me a lot of inf- different information. He was the one more pissed at the state. He said, yeah, I, I was the one that found her body, that was there, found her body. Wow. And I said, oh. And I remember covering her with a sheet that the paramedics had. And I said, oh, okay. And um, yeah, I think, I think her, there were pants, shoes, and, but her bra was missing. And so I said, Teresa really didn't wear a bra. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because she's free spirit. Right. He goes, oh, yeah, I remember that about her. So it's like... <laughs> You that said that? Yeah, but don't yeah. give me, like, what yeah. do you mean you remember that about her? Yeah. How do you remember that Where about her? Where did you hear that? <laughs> Where yeah. did you see her that you remember that about her? It's like craziness. Yeah, yeah. that is kind of nutty. Anyway. But all these things are, Jerry, very important. All these little isolated... Well, Because and, they are, like you said earlier, pieces of a puzzle. Right, and I think it's important that the dispatcher that night actually had a juvenile record for being present while the girl was assaulted. I think that's important. I'm sorry, a, I'm losing you. This no, is I, the weirdest... This is the weirdest story, and it keeps getting weirder. <laughs> it sounds like small town kind of thing, though. Small Holy town no, but he, he lost his job in Franklin because he tried it. to renew his gun license, and he couldn't because he had a record. And this is the guy who found her? No. No, so oh. this the is the dispatcher. Because okay. there was one, one person came forward and said, how do you know she didn't go into the police station? I heard she went in. And so there's just a lot of, yeah. you know. It is, yeah, if you were just writing a, a mystery novel, <laughs> yeah. of course this would be considered unbelievable. Almost. Exactly. Um, yeah, you'd be told there's too many twists. A right? lot of twists. And too many, you know, so at this point, mm-hmm. you know, the suspect list. On the other you know. hand, if I were you, I'd look for an author. Yeah. Um, no, I yeah. <laughs> Or do I've it heard yourself. That or, yeah. Uh, so, on December the 8th, Bellingham police came to Jerry's house right, to speak with her mother. Uh, Jerry hoped that she was in another room, and I knew from my mother's language screams... Um, from her screams, it's like yeah. they're a typo here. Yeah, they never found. They had found Teresa's body, so they buried 19-year-old Teresa Corley in her prom dress. She lies in Milford, Massachusetts, and has since 1978, except for a brief time when her remains were exhumed in an effort to harvest DNA. Uh, and this was in May of 2017. Right, Jerry, if I got that yeah. right. So they took her fingernails, nine and a half of them, and hoped that her assailant's DNA might be found. According to um, defrostingcases.com, if Teresa fought back, there is a good chance the attacker's DNA would be under her nails. If so, the DNA sample could have produced a profile that could be compared to profiles uh, in national databases. Whether that was possible depended on the number and the condition of the cells. Unfortunately, family members were told 
but the tests on the fingernails do not yield any results. The casket was wet. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead and talk about that. Oh, no. So they, they said the casket was, was wet and um, it didn't yield results. And then you have another person saying, are you sure? <laughs> no, I'm not sure. Gary, so I'm just were you by there when they yes. jumped her body? Yes. Um, and I have to say, although we really pushed to have it done, of course, you grapple with we're Catholic. She's already been blessed. Yeah. It's where we're interrupting the, this consecrated mm. ground. And yeah, so um, we were off to the side and... We, we we saw the casket coming up. So there's there's some kind of Catholic prohibition against that. Well, or? once you bury somebody, yeah. you're not supposed to go and yeah. pull them out. You're so, supposed to just pray for them. You, to yeah. You, yeah. You, you, so. Do, did they ask for permission to do stuff like that? No. So what happened was, um, there was a cheerleader up in Maine that was murdered. I came across her case. It was Joyce McLean. Um, she was a cheerleader. The mother exhumed her body. I'm gonna to, tell you what. what Dad. Happened. No, really? that's okay. To to um to to get and they got DNA off her fingernails and hearing that Teresa scratched people, I said yeah. that's what I want done. Yeah. The yeah. state wouldn't do it, and I actually in my very first meeting, can't we exhume her? And the um the assistant DA or the first assistant DA said to me, well that's a bizarre idea. Why would bizarre. you want to do that? We have perfectly good DNA. It's like well, I still want it done, so they wouldn't do it. So I started to raise funds, right? Yeah. Uh, a woman Gosh. said, well, we'll raise funds. We'll, we'll get it done. It's expensive. I actually contact yeah. the WEC Institute. They were, they were actually very kind. They, they were going to give me a path. You know, I spoke to a pathologist that was willing to come to Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. Um, I spoke to Michael Baden. The, you know, he, he actually told me it's probably not going to be worth the effort to do that. It's old. But he did the Joyce McLean case. Mm-hmm. But um, long and short, they weren't going to do it. And I said, well, then I'm going to, and I'll get my own pathologist to, you know, get. And then the day they called me and said, um, if you get her, you know, if you bring up the body, we'll be there. Uh, so that's what happened. We paid for the excavation, yeah, and right. they came, the crime lab came in. Just an aside, um, if, I, I'm the keeper of strange facts. And yeah. <laughs> Uh, one Catholic Pope dug up another Catholic Pope, Formosa, many years ago, and tried his corpse in, in a court. <laughs> I mean, you can you can Google it if you yeah. want. But, yeah. Uh, Probably won't, though. That no, wasn't recent, though. <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm a little so, But so, so but it's there so was no... It's so weird that they were, they have this restriction because, it, I mean, in their history, they've done this themselves. Yeah. But anyway. No, that's, but, but, but that's your feeling, too, though, right? You bury somebody, that's yeah. their eternal resting place. Yeah. Let's not disturb sure. it. Right. That's how we were raised. You yeah. know, there's this, you know, my mother it's, it's was It's a sacred there. ground type yeah. of thing. You know, they, she was cremated, but she's buried there. Two of my sisters are in and, the and same this is plot. In Milford, right? Yeah. The St. Mary's? Yeah, St. Yeah. Mary's. That's where yeah. a lot, lot of my family's Yeah, so. There's something I didn't quite follow, though. Yeah. So her body is exhumed. Because you want to check under the, the fingernails. fingernails. Yeah. But then they say the casket's wet, so you so, can't check? No, so what happened was, is um, when the casket came up, I'm not sure the quality of, but the um, it's it's common in New England, the, you know, the vault is cement. So the ground freezes, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there was probably probably a hole in the, the vault. And then the casket, when it came out, was in pretty bad shape, mm-hmm. you know. And so I could see the water leaking. Mm-hmm. Right. So 
So anything under her fingernails would have but maybe been washed away. Diluted. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's my. But then I had somebody. Well, why did you ever let them take the nails? Because you know, how do you know that they're telling? So it's like so many people just don't <laughs> trust, and yeah, you know, it makes you so. What if they're you know, they might have gotten something, but they're just not telling you. Wow. But we still have that semen sample from the genes. Right. That is still. Yeah, that's absolutely still there. Right, and because they also have a mixed sample, a mixed DNA sample. What does that so, mean? Or they had it. I don't know if they couldn't use it. Mixed, multiple. Oh, multiple people. Multiple. So, but those but, people but weren't that, identified, correct? Right, but that was not date. You know, it's what yeah. we call date rape. Right. Multiple people. <sighs> right. Okay. Right. 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 Yeah. Oh my God. So, Jerry, so. before we wrap this up and everything, have we overlooked anything? Take a minute to think about this. And is there anything important to say to our listeners as we close this out? Think about this. Now take a few minutes because we edit. <laughs> okay. Have we missed? Every time we say we edit, yeah, yeah. I feel a little bad. <laughs> no, I I I tell them how to do it. <laughs> Because no, I, mean, I was born in 1978. <laughs> so anything that you would like to say? or that No, I think know. like for, for us and my family, right? So we have a strong sense that there was, um, you know, our family wasn't treated well, let's say, by the, we feel, in the, yeah. the, from the town of Bellingham. And, you know, investigators along the way, I, I think they they did their best, like the state police probably did their best. But I still have this haunting feeling, feeling that Bellingham interfered with this case, mm. mainly because the main suspect was the son of a prominent businessman. Um, and did did he kill her? Who knows, right? But were they protecting him? And so, but by protecting him, evidence lost, gone. They, they, they didn't tell it. the full story. Yeah. And it's gone on for so long. And it, it went on for so long up until the point of even like 2015, 16, when um, there was a Bellingham cop we went to high school with. and. Um, he had the case for a little while, and I started asking him questions, and it turned around. He sent me, um, we, we went back and forth about different things about the case, and Jerry, this case is so corrupt. They won't give me the files. You know, um, you know, this lieutenant is holding the file in his office. He won't let me look at anything. Um, you know, so this whole town, if, this, if, if the people of Bellingham only knew how corrupt this town is. Oh, my gosh. So anyway, it goes on and on and on. Turns out, though, he's really good friends with one of the Moore brothers. <laughs> so I said, did you, did you ever ask the brother about Ronnie? Yeah, that you, you know, a civilian just wouldn't understand. You don't kind of ask those questions. Of, you know, you're working my sister's case. So, but long and short of it is, he gets let go because he, you know, was into drugs or whatever. But, so they're calling him a disgruntled employee. Oh. But there are plenty of people that have said to me, you know, this case was stonewalled. You know, and really, it just wasn't handled well. And now, fast forward to now, our last conversation with the um, the new ADA, new trooper. Well, we just have to move forward. All that's gone. Now, you know, all that's in the past. Mm -hmm. Let's just move forward. It's like no, we we're not ready to move forward. No, right. we want we want to know mm -hmm. for sure if you think Bellingham interfered with this case, not to get anything, but just to have that 
Yes, there is proof, or we feel Bellingham didn't interfere. Well, there had to be a reason they would interfere. Right. And no, that but might when I be asked, an issue. That well, might be a clue to who right. did this. What right, about the Freedom of Information Act? Oh, I've done those. Yeah, so I filed. Stay? I have filed. At, if you look up like her name there <clears throat> in Muckrock, Muckrock, <clears throat> there's. I filed. I have filed, but every response they give you, um, yeah, it's um, August or something versus. Versus somebody, you know, it's a it's yeah, a legal sure. report of why you can't have it because this is ongoing open murder investigation, and one of the the reasons why they won, well, I didn't get when the uh, an appeal was because we just recently exhumed her, you know, it's like, hello, wait a minute, <laughs> you yeah. know, the family wanted her exhumed, and the family paid for it. Yeah. Uh, but you know, but the the bottom line is it's an ongoing murder investigation. That's an excuse for everything. Mm -hmm. wow. So um, FOIA requests. Kind of don't work. After 40? 40, 40, you know, but my biggest thing, even from the beginning, like in 2016, I'm saying, we're going nowhere. I just want to be able to see her case file. And for myself, not to publicize it. But, you know, when you file a FOIA, because that becomes public information, mm -hmm. you know. And um, I don't necessarily want the public to know everything in her case file, but if that's the only way I'm going to get information for myself. But like mm -hmm. you said, 40 years. So, unfortunately or fortunately... With all these older cases being solved, 1956, yeah, you know how can you really fight that, right? Don't give it up. Right. No, I, I keep pushing forward okay. because I do think my pushing pushes them to work on it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, not so. much of a murder. I so admire you, Jerry. I got to tell you. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was just going to say, not much of a murder investigation when you have DNA evidence that ties somebody to it and they don't follow up with them. No, I asked. I said, did you yeah. go? Did you go out? to David Cohn and say you have his DNA. And I think they just said, no, we haven't done that. Yeah, I talked to her about it. I said, did you go to Steve Frechette and say we have David's DNA? Can you really tell us what happened that night? Yeah, you would think that they, those people would be in an interrogation room. Right. Because whether or not there was penetration at all, it puts them at the scene. Right. Mm -hmm. Right. That's one of the and, requirements right. for a murder conviction. You yeah, have and, to and, prove and that they And talking. think probabilities. <laughs> yeah. Right? You think probabilities. The probability whoever got her after that she escaped mm -hmm. had to be from. The high probability it had to be one of those four guys right. or all of them. Right. Yeah. I mean, who yeah. else? Are because you, you figure, you know, in my mind, you figure, okay, everybody's partying. All right. So, yeah. Do did people go to like out to eat after they went drinking? But it was a weeknight, too. Mm. You, you know, um, I'm thinking. And she had gotten away, right? And she was. This was like five thirty in the morning, right? right? Walking. So she was last seen yeah. walking. So, I mean, even people going out to eat there. Half mile but, from yeah. home. No, no, not out to eat, but you know how, like, if you go drinking on a Friday or Saturday. Yeah. You go, okay, go to the, knows, like, oh. yeah. <laughs> And then you go to Johnny Jack's in the morning. Yeah. No, but then even in, in Bellingham, right next door to the police station, the Moors, the Moors owned a breakfast place that opened at 4. Oh, okay. So people, you know, truck drivers, et cetera, going in there, but. Jeez. And who, who was the guy that they kicked out of the apartment? So he lived in Bellingham. Um... His name is Michael, Michael Bruce. So he lived in Bellingham. I, when I contacted his, you know, his family, you know, part of you, part of me is still somewhat compassionate. And the father said, uh, I heard he was a schizophrenic, right? But not that that not that does, doesn't mean people with schizophrenia can't function. Right. But um, I heard from his sister, you know, Michael's in a really good place right now, and 
and it's like you know I really don't want him upset by all of this can you can you not like upset him and it's like I'm in my head I think my sister's still dead yeah right and then the father's the father said that was 30 years ago oh. why are you bringing up something from 30 oh. years ago oh. and it's like because my sister's still dead. Yeah. Because justice know. hasn't been served. Because right. like you said something bad. This is a murder like, thing. What's yeah. wrong yeah. with so many people? Right. My, <laughs> son, my son's been questioned, and this was 30 years ago. Mm. No, because like you stole I, a packet from, from CVS. But like, they're Christ. also probably praying that they weren't involved in it. Right? Yes. Because Denial. Your yeah. son could be yeah. going to jail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be able to accept that as an excuse. Yeah. I remember being at a... a uh, what do they call that singles thing for a guy before he gets married? A bachelor party? Bachelor party. Jesus, Dad. And, was, and they had hired this young woman. Right? I'm sorry. He my, sounds like me because I'll come up with that. Do you remember that? You know, that, um, you know. Well, I rely on my children to exactly. fill in my uh, This is what we do. But um, there was a guy there. Yes, I remember Jerry. him. You, you were there. Who yes. was very obscene in the things he was saying to a woman they had hired to do rap dances and whatever. And a couple people did tell him to knock it off. They told yeah. him to knock it off. Yeah. He frightened me. Right. Wow. He yeah. did. And I, I remember telling the group, you stop. Right. That stops now. Right. Uh, because if that kind of language had continued, it was like aching on exactly. that Exactly. Right. 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 Mm. So there are guys like that. They're monsters in my yeah. mind. But you know, then, but then again, too, in my mind, I would have liked to have spoken to this Michael Bruce, right? Yeah. Um, and they just recently got his DNA, from what I understand. First mm-hmm. they told me they couldn't find him. I said, well, he's right in Bellingham. And I told them where he Where his family <laughs> lived, I'm sure. I'm sure. They should I'm hire sure. you. I've been by his house. I'm sure. I'm sure his family will tell you where he is. Um, but anyway, but what if Michael was trying to save her? Right. Yeah. And that's why they what if the guy, kicked him out. What if mm-hmm. the guy was feeding me a load of, you know, bullshit that, oh, mm-hmm. he was saying all these nasty things. And what if it was actually them saying all the nasty things? And he's going, wait a minute, I know this girl. I mean, that, that makes more sense. That I, does make I more like sense. I this girl. And he was banging on the door to get back in. Yeah, these guys aren't you know? so wonderful. They're going to go, oh, you shouldn't talk like that. Exactly. Yeah. They're, you know, three, you know three, three, four dirtbags in an apartment, but the other guy's saying things and they kick him out. Yeah. Because in my mind, I'm thinking I would love to talk to this guy because maybe he was trying to save her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I maybe would talk he's. To this guy if you could. I can't find. Well, I went to his house and I knocked on yeah. the door. He wasn't there. So, you but do? you know, but it's just. You'd like to know. But they yeah. may have that in a police report. You know, mm-hmm. Michael was trying to help her. You know, who yeah. knows? I think we all compliment you on what you're doing for your sister. Well. I hope if anything untoward ever happens to me, <laughs> my sister uh, is uh, like you. We'll go. She's not. Um, you know, but, it, you know, mur- murder affects everybody in a family, yes. right? Yes. Everybody in That's a family. A and, you know, but, you know, I just feel like I kind of have the strength, the stubbornness, whatever, to deal with it. Not that every day I'm strong. He knows best mm. um, that I'm, I'm not always strong about it. I, you know, but I've strong for the this type of thing because, you know what, I want her story out there. And... Mm-hmm. We'll you know, do you, everything we can. But you never know who in the area. I yeah. know one of her, the girlfriend's with her that night lives yeah, um, in Chicopee. Finally, after. Chicopee. Could, after so many years, I finally got in touch with her. I actually met with her. Um, but all my, my gut always tells she knows more than what she's saying. And it's, you know, it's just that little, like, little bit of intuition. You know more. Unless it's just her guilt. 
you know, because she went to her saying, hey, give me a ride home. She wasn't ready to leave yet. And, you know, and then you see all these, like, friends that loved her and all these pictures around her, and it's like, you know, conspiracy theory, right? It's like, but, but maybe it's their guilt. They know that they didn't help her. Right. And that must be something. Right. Yeah, yeah. it would feel awful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So. so there's still one thing that I'm not clear on. Like, who owns the alleged murder investigation right now, and who has owned it throughout? Like The Norfolk uh, County DA's office. So okay. th- that was, that's what kind of, so in 2015, I, my, it was actually my nephew got into a minor car accident. He hit a wall in Bellingham, and he hit somebody's wall, and um, a, like a, the police went to this, this person's house, pushing, pushing, pushing to charge my nephew with something. It was a rainy night. He went off the road. I don't know what the push was. I'm saying, really? They don't have enough to do? <laughs> yeah, so right. let me give them something to do. And, uh, you know, really. So let me give them. No, because I was pissed. It's like, leave my nephew alone. It was an accident. The people, their lawn is going to get fixed. Their wall is going to get fixed. Because my my sister's a dog groomer in town. And the woman was brought her dog to my sister. So my sister knew, had this information. So anyway, I said, all right, let me start calling. So first I called Bellingham, who has the jurisdiction on my sister's case. That'll be Worcester. You know, the Worcester DA's office. Because Bellingham at some point has always been in Norfolk, but then they switched um, for the courts to Worcester. Oh, All right? And so, but Teresa's case has always stayed with Norfolk, the Norfolk County DA. Um, so then I, then I went to the Norfolk DA, and I was, you know, I spoke with the trooper. And then he said, the, the, the problem with your sister's case, Jerry, is, is, is it's going to come down to DNA. He said, you, you're in Bellingham, you get called to come to Bellingham, because some, some guy in the local gin joint is drunk and he wants to talk about your sister's case. So, and then you get there and they say how she died and it's not even the way she died. Oh, you know, so yeah. it's like, it's almost like they're up to here with the case in a way, yeah. but what have they done all these years? Right. Right. And when you, when you think that if, in fact, the first time they ever interviewed this Ronnie Moore who, who walks into the police station was 1989, that's just... It's all kinds of wrong. Yeah. That is crazy. So, so. Talk, talk just a little bit. One of the th- questions I thought I, I, I didn't do enough research on was the impact on your family. Right. After the fact. So right. your siblings, your, uh, your mom, your poor mom. We didn't talk about, the, t- talk about her. We didn't. Because what happened was is when they tried to tie her in with the New Bedford Highway murders, my mother was, I'm not having people think my daughter was a prostitute. Right, okay. you know, um, and, or that she shouldn't have been out because it's, it was a blame the victim. It was yeah. a blame the victim mentality. We went quiet. I went to school, I think, one a week later. Yeah. And, and even among yourselves. You no, know. but among ourselves, we kind of didn't talk about her. I have sisters right now that don't want to talk about this. So here's the thing from family therapy. So everybody in the family dynamic has a role to play. Mm-hmm. Now you're, you've got a big sister out. What changed? What changed in your family dynamic? Can you think of anything? No, I think as a family, we still try to, like, holidays, get together. For, you know, we always got together for holidays when my mother was alive. Um, no, I think we kind of kept our, our places, but Teresa just was not spoken of. It was a way more or less to, I think, not to visit it. I mean, I vividly, like... 
I, I'm the crier in the family. I'm the, I'm, I was crybaby. No, seriously. I know, Don't but we would, we would be at. There's we would, wrong with crying. No, no, but I'd be the crybaby. But I'd be at. We'd be at somebody's house for Christmas or a birthday, and all of a sudden, all, I would just start crying. And and it was like early earlier on, right? So probably sure. the mid '80s, let's say early early to late late '80s, and I would just start crying because Teresa's not here. Yeah. And it was yeah. like, how can these people just carry so on? How yeah. can people carry on and she's not here? You, you know, and I would just I was going to say, it must be really So it's almost denial, you think? I think probably a level of denial. Or hurt. It hurts so much. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? It, it, yes. it, and it, it hurts to this day. Then I try to talk to my brother about I can't talk to him. He's, he wants to go kill somebody. You, you know, yeah. it's just, you know. So I, my sister Diane, you know, she's like the second in line to the oldest, She's frustrated with with a lot of the things, but it's kind of been pushed to me. So I have a couple of sisters that just cannot, to this day, talk about what happened to her. Okay. Can't do it. Yeah, that was the piece I felt I was really missing. Is yeah. The, with the impact on the family. Yeah. yeah. But it was one? almost like we should be embarrassed at the time. No, no, we we should be embarrassed. Our my sister was out and she got killed. That was actually kind of like the mentality yeah. back then. It's too much. It's such a and, horror. No, it's not the same support systems that people have now, like mm -hmm. the, the, the later cases, right? Like, like such a Travis, you know, the injustice of it all. But I remember going back to school, sitting in there like, oh, life's just going on. You know, it's yeah. just... Yeah. Oh, people would ask. Is she okay? You know what I mean? They, they would ask me. They wouldn't ask me. <laughs> you know, they, you know, is she okay? And he's like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> No, it actually, I, I was in, this is, I was in nursing school. So this is how much her story really, like, there was no connection. I'm in nursing school, and so we're sitting in a little lab area, and we're, we're talking, and um, a woman, um, one of the nursing instructors, we were, you know, young girls, we were 18, 19 years old, and she said, now remember, don't, 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 don't get wild. You know, I once had this student of mine. She, she lived in Bellingham. And she went out with friends. You know, she was more or less telling us take care of each other, make sure you're watching each other. Yeah. And then, like the girls in the, like in this class are looking at me because they knew my sister's story. The woman didn't realize Teresa was my sister. You know, so it's just, you know. So what do you tell young women? It's just women, like it just felt so strange. You know, like. What would you advise young women today? I think women know now. I hope. I yes. hate that question. I would hope. No, I hate that no, question. No, I mean, why do we have like, to own any responsibility? Exactly. Number one, you shouldn't have to be watching your back, watching your friends. Right. Um, but you do. But the devastation of having so I had. You know, I have two daughters. We have two daughters, and my daughter was going off. You know, and talk about being a hovering mother. I tr I try not to do that with my kids. You know, because my mother didn't do it with us. So yeah. um, years later, my sister gave me a letter that my mother sent her. It was to my sister Diane. My mother was going to counseling. I don't think she thought we kind of needed it. But <laughs> she, she was going to counseling because she couldn't deal with letting John and I out of the house anymore. Yeah, I bet. Right? So she didn't, she said, but I can't stop them from living their lives. I can't, I can't be over, you know, you know, over yep. mothering them. They have to go live their lives. So I think by her doing that, it released, it made me think, I'm not letting somebody take my life too. Right. You know? But Jerry, I'm a believer because I've had a lot of exposure to like great yeah. and other things that, yeah, you tell your daughters, you know, know where you're going, pay attention. Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, my mind. Don't my, be alone. Yeah, yeah. My daughters thought I, 
just with the little I did tell him that I was over the top, mm. you know, like, you know, my, my youngest goes hiking alone in the woods of Washington State where I think all the serial killers are. Oh <laughs> but it's God. like... And you know, you'd be right. Green River and... Yeah. And mm -hmm. it's... And, yeah, Mom, I don't need your anxiety. You know, the typical, yes. like, kid. Mm -hmm. I don't need your anxiety. I'm living my life. Yeah, okay. Well, all right. So... But when my oldest was going off That's to college... That's denial on their part. I know. I was having panic attacks when yeah. she was going on. Full-blown panic attacks. I'd get up in the middle of the night. I couldn't sleep. And I'm pacing. And it's like, I can't let her go. I can't, you know, and... Yeah. Yeah. I, I get that as a mother, and I have not had no. You think of that? No, and then yeah. when your kid doesn't get back to you, right? So yeah. And, and like there was oh, my yeah. younger daughter, the poor thing. So she she was living in Watertown. You know, she's she's a psychologist, right? So um, she was living in Watertown, and it was out New Year's Day or whatever. And oh, she, New Year's. New Year's. No, it's the day after, right? Was I think it? you either text her or call her to work because oh, to wish her a happy new happy year, year and she never answered. No answer. Next thing you know, no answer. No answer. Next thing we're in the car, <laughs> <laughs> and we get yeah. there, and I and I said you, you couldn't have answered you know my text and mom, you know you, you're just and then I blew up on her mm. with everything that happened with my sister and you yeah. don't answer me and everything. It's like you know the things you know yeah. you can kind of put your kids through, but it's like answer me. Yeah, and then oh, I will yeah. 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 Well, we do that. Our our youngest daughter, who's seventeen, yeah, likes to like ride her bike, and she went out without her phone like two yeah, weeks exactly. ago, and I was like, "What are you You're doing? Panic, you know, right? what if you what if you popped a tire? What if yeah. something no?" And see, there, you guys you know? do this kind of thing, and you yeah. have to think of all the. You do. Crazy people out there, but you can't not stop them from living. Exactly. Yeah. It's a hard balance. You know? <laughs> well, there's there's a couple of things though that you know know where you're going. Right. Right. And then uh, don't be alone. Right. Right. If you're a female, especially. Right. But like that, you, you can't go jogging down a trail. You can't, yeah. You, you can't. Yeah, a woman, you know, and, and this is really sick to say, but this has come up today. A woman should not have her drink out of her hand when she goes right. out to oh, a yeah. right. I mean, exactly. you almost have to put your hand over right. your, and they shouldn't have to do this. Right. You believe how many times I hear this. Thing. Yeah. People yeah, I, mean, I work with. You just right. set down your drink for two seconds, you look yeah. around, and all and of a sudden happens. somebody can drop right. a drug yes. in, in your anything. drink. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, like, I, I'm, I'm kind of with where Jill is on this, where you know, we say these type of things, and they're true, where women need to be careful of certain situations, all this stuff, but there's never any focus on. You know, raising boys not to do these things. Or changing the narrative. Change, right. Changing the narrative. That's yeah. what I think we have to do is change the narrative. So instead of saying, asking us what we're going to do to be right. safer, you know, it's like right. it, we need to start shouting it from the rooftops. Women shouldn't have to live like this. Right. You know, it's Absolutely. not our... But for Absolutely. now, until, until yeah. things change. Well, it won't change if we're, if we're asking those kind of questions because we we're still putting... Yeah, that. exactly. <laughs> we're still putting the responsibility right. on the woman as a potential victim so you have to think of yourself as a potential victim yes. like that's just yeah, yeah absolutely gross good way to put it so well so here's another thing though there are plenty of people who commit these crimes i don't usually get in my wife's way no, this much, but, <laughs> but you look good <laughs> There's, there's obviously plenty of people who commit these crimes who probably other people can see that this might be going to happen. Like, there's something wrong with this person. Right, And there's right. no onus ever on anybody right. to identify these right. potential perpetrators. And I can right. understand, you don't want to point at somebody and say, well, I think he's going to commit a rape later on, yeah. so let's do something right. to him. But 
really, if we're ever going to prevent these kinds of things from happening, it can't just be women looking over the shoulder all the right. time. That's not going to do it. There's got to be some right. sort of preventive action. So some one of the things that they are doing now is that they are having counselors um, getting involved in schools, at least in this state, um, for children that may need um, counseling service. Um, now, that's not specifically to identify potential rapists, as, mm -hmm. you know. Right. Um, but the thing, you know, one of the one of the scary things about things like narcissistic personality disorder or psychopathic personalities is that they are actually not apparent. Um, and a person can be a complete and total narcissist, but seem and totally you could be president <laughs> and seem totally <laughs> normal to everybody around them. Um, and it's you true. have people like Ted Bundy, for example, um, who was actually quite well liked. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah. so the thing is, is that, you know, and not everybody that commits state rapes is just falling into the category of narcissistic or psychopathic personality disorders. Um, but a lot of them do fall into the whole they're in the narcissism um, uh, when it becomes an actual disorder. Um, and those people can actually be come across as very normal yeah. and very, you know, you know um, we need trusting. to drop that date rape out of our vernacular because... <laughs> Yeah. Rape is rape. Yeah, it is. And date rape somehow is, is trying to make it less than what it is. No, the, the, like, but the baffling thing, like with like even with Teresa's case, like this Steve Frechette, when I'm talking to him, like he couldn't, he, like he did nothing wrong. Like yeah. he just did nothing wrong. Like I said, even, and so, but the wife said, but you were in the back seat, right? And it's like, well, where does that come into anything? Um, yeah. they, so they all—they're all in the the apartment. But he couldn't. I said, but David, even morally, you don't bring—you know—you don't bring the girl home. You know, if you had, even if you had nothing to do with it, you didn't stop it either. Mm. You knew she was being raped, but you mm. didn't stop it. God. Yeah, and that, you know, that's just and as but bad. he saw nothing oh, yeah. wrong with yeah. any of like it seemed like with anything that happened in that apartment. And if she asked to leave. And she asked to leave. Yeah. So I don't understand why that's not like kidnapping. So, you know, like. It is. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. She was being held against her will. She was being yeah. held. So, yeah, you can't get a rape charge. But what about kidnapping? Yeah. yeah. What about kidnapping? Right. Well, if, victim, and he told you it, that, right? No, but part of the thing is, too, the victim's dead. You can't ask her. So I've heard that. No, I've heard that. Oh, my goodness. You know, she's dead. You can't ask that. Yeah. So I've asked, like, you know, I've asked, you know, for even something minor for them to be charged with. Yeah. Oh, nope. God. Wow. Yeah. We've got to thank you so much, Cheryl. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. Thank, thank you, thank you for coming and telling yeah, your story. And we do follow-ups. Yeah. So yeah. If, if anything, yeah, if anything does comes occur up. or anything does happen, yeah. please let us know. You have my... Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the newest thing is, um, have you heard of the MBAC testing? No, what is that? MVAC testing. MVAC. So, MVAC. So MVAC is a device that actually suctions, um, yeah, suctions off with like a vacuum. Oh, I saw your yeah thing. DNA. Yeah. You know, yeah. so even from the beginning, as soon as I first heard of MVACs, you know, I said, why can't her her DNA be sent to a state that has it? Well, Massachusetts won't let their stuff go out because it all depends on like the courts and blah blah. So can we? Can't you get an MVAC? Can't you get an MVAC? Well, thank they're getting an MVAC. Oh. And um. There are other items to test, they told me, so 
Mm. So we'll they can see. go through like her collection. Yeah, certainly. And I'll be in contact yeah. with you. I yeah, will. certainly. Yeah, I won't be like the police. You'll hear from <laughs> me. Wow. Yeah. Well, I'd like to also thank Elise for bringing this case to our yeah. attention because yeah. we would have never. Um, no, but it's nice yeah, we to wouldn't know. Have done it if yeah. Had yeah. 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 And also, I'm going to share on the Facebook page your Facebook page because yeah, I started following it last week okay. or so, and I've been kind of. Yeah. That's how I knew some of the facts beforehand. Yeah. So for any listeners out there that want to uh, get in touch with Jerry, if you have any information, yeah, that's her Facebook page. Right. You run it, right? Yes. Is that correct? Yep. yep. So I will share that on our page so yep. people can get in touch with yeah, her as I well. I can share that as well. I have no, and the state police, um, you know, tip line, if, if it's still up in my... I, I was tempted to almost call it. <laughs> yeah. No, I really was. Like, I'm tempted to call and see what they, like, what they say. Because yeah. yeah. a lot of people tell me they've been calling that tip line. But, but um, I, don't know. I don't know. Well, I'd like to thank Jerry so much for coming and being part of our podcast today. Um, I think, yeah, Craig's talking about doing limited editing so we can make sure we tell the full whole story and try to get as much information out there um as gracia said she'll post links and things yep. like that on our social media account um and if you do know anything please say something right that's kind of yeah, the message I phone anything yeah. i don't know if that's still valid is that phone number still yes yeah. so and then um gosh I'm, he just made me lose my train of thought what are you laughing at? you made me lose my train of thought Shall oh. we restart? Is no. It, now, is that a slow train? Or is that... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Would you like to interrupt us with random unimportant facts? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. So I think um, my takeaways, though, from this particular episode, there's a few of them. Um, one being you can never get somebody back once they've been lost. And just because it's been 30 or 40 years, it's still a loss that you feel yes. every day, right? And I think that a lot of times we're not always not like us in general, but a lot of times we're not always sensitive to that, right? It's a cold case or whatever, um, and maybe we should be. And then I think my other takeaway is, you know, this we've just got to change the narrative. You know, women, you know, just can't be blamed for everything or held right. responsible for everything all of the time, you know? Yep. So, but yeah. coming up next week is Skylar Niece. Uh, she was a 16-year-old girl killed by her two best friends, also 16, out of West Virginia, it is a crazy story. And uh, David and I did this one together because um, he's been talking about her, you guys all know, throughout all of our episodes. So for me, I thought it was a good one that I would hit, and then I pulled him in because he has such a, a grasp on the case. All right. Yep. So I guess we'll see you all next week. I guess we will. Thank you. Thank you for listening to us on this episode of Cocktails, Mocktails, and Crime. Be sure to subscribe in your favorite app so you don't miss an episode. You can also send us an email to cocktailsmocktailsandcrime at gmail.com. Or follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Cocktails, Mocktails, and Crime. Or Twitter at CMCrime1. See you all next week.